make sure my face is on the re-edited version from now on yeah. that's my only stipulation <laughs> hello everybody it's deadline day or is it is it for us <laughs> let's let's talk about it this could be even shorter than the show i did at lunchtime um <laughs> things are looking because how are you chris first of all I'm all right, mate. Um, little, I'm not gonna lie, a little bit under the weather. I've got a bit of man flu, but nothing major. Um, but other than that, mate, I'm all good. I think, um, I think I'm just waiting and hoping, in expectation, uh, you know, that we we get someone over the line um, this evening before eleven o'clock. Um, and also, by the way, I was at the game yesterday, so still maybe maybe that's something to do with the man flu actually, because my throat's really sore. But um, yeah, still in a little bit of shock after what happened yesterday, like. Um, Still a bit gutted over it, even though I am really, really proud of the lads and I thought we played fantastically well and we were desperately unlucky to uh, come away with that with nothing. But oh, other than that, sure. all good, mate. How are you? Grand, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, I, I took the, the, the day off today because my little boy is starting school, so I did a half day at school, really. So I, yeah, that's why I took the day off. I said, ah, transfer oh. day, you know, uh, I'll just be watch, watching what happens anyway. So gotta be done. Might as well take the day off and uh, just just enjoy it. But um, yeah, nothing, not much to enjoy so far. Um, I suppose. Let, look, let's get into it, Chris. We'll we start talking about a few things. So we'll revert back to the Liverpool game as well. But I uh, hope everyone in the chat is good as well. Um, but yeah, uh, the big one, I suppose, is, is Tillemans and uh, and the, the news that he is starting for Leicester tonight against uh, Man United. So um, mm -hmm. that is a bit of a blow for us because we were thinking potentially he could be on his way to Newcastle or up in Newcastle or doing something behind closed doors. But uh, nope. He's playing. He's playing tonight, so that that rules him out. There's no way he's coming to Newcastle. Then. And I guess, yeah, as as you kind of put in the message as well, Chris. Yeah, like potentially he's he'll have his pick of clubs uh, in the summer. Uh, he's going nowhere now. Uh, yeah. He, yeah. European clubs will be open to him in January, and um, yeah, everyone in, in the summer then because he's a free agent, so uh, he can pick his Champions League club after that. But yeah, that's disappointing. Uh, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, it is a bit disappointing, isn't it? Does think we all got our hopes up? Um, we were hearing strong rumours about Telemans, and let's, you know, let let's be let's be honest, as you know, we we're screaming out. Well, I say screaming out, but we've all been we've all been saying that we'd like a new number eight. Uh, you know, that person who's going to sit on the right of the central midfield, um, or somebody who would sit maybe as number six, um, and let Bruno be that number eight. But they're the, they're the two positions, and it would be one of one of one of the other. Um, and then as soon as Tielemann's name came up, it was like, I think everyone got really excited. What What's unusual is that this whole summer, there's not really been that much talk of Tielemann's. It's all been dominated by Madison. Um, mm. And it's only really been in the last couple of weeks that we've been linked with Tielemann's properly. 
Um, so I'm not I'm not too disappointed. Don't you know? Don't get me wrong. Getting someone in of his quality would have been fantastic. Um, but equally, you know, it, it wasn't one of those signs that I was kind of expecting. And in a way, like you've just said, then does as soon as you see him in the lineup, you just think, yeah, it's done. Because obviously, this this match tonight is going to finish at what quarter to ten. Yeah, um, and they've got until no eleven to get a deal done. Yeah, it's just not, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't risk him playing anyway. Because if he goes off injured, that's it then, isn't it? So, yeah, I think yeah, Tielemans no. will be there till at least January, if not ends the season. Yeah, yeah, and they'll get if they were to catch in January, they're not going to get much for him either. But um, yep. Uh, look at that's that one. We have to we have to move on. Uh, I suppose the other one then is because um, a name that was linked to us this morning is, and I don't have a picture of him, but uh, Dennis Zakari, and I probably pronounced uh, the name wrong as well. It's Zakaria. Yeah, that guy. Uh, so he's a Swiss, inter- Swiss international even. And uh, yeah, he's played 40 times for Switzerland, uh, three goals. He's a defensive midfielder. But mm-hmm. the, the news now, is it's not really so much that he's linked to us. He's now linked to Chelsea. As Chelsea looks to be trying to get a deal done with them. He plays for Juventus. So, uh, but then if, if that one gets done, there could be a knock-on effect where uh, this man, Conor Gallagher, then may, may come into the record. Or maybe even Pulisic, who knows? But uh, that so the Chelsea might be more reluctant to send someone on loan, so um, or, or more more inclined, I should say, to, to send someone on loan. So we'll we'll see how that uh, plays out, I suppose, uh, tonight as well. Um, so that that's one. Um, then the the other the only other one and that I mentioned at lunchtime today as well is um, Harrison Ashby. So, and I don't know an awful lot about him apart from what, what says on his Wiki, Wikipedia page, really. Um, right back, um, he plays for West Ham, obviously, you see him there. Uh, he's played for Scotland on three occasions and scored one goal as well. He's came right through the UC system in, in Scotland. Uh, I think he could have started his career at Chelsea. Um, he, um, I suppose, yeah, the, the idea here would be. Um, the cover for for uh, trivia, so that well with um, Emil Kraft get doing his ACL in, so it's uh, someone there is back up uh, in the right back spot. Uh, I suppose we have Mankio as well, but um, it's just a, another option. And I guess this this guy in twenty, he would be one for the future as well to to um, to be an understudy to Kieran Trippier. So do you know anything about? This guy, Harrison Ashby. <laughs> I'm not even going to try and pretend to say I do because I don't. Uh, I know a little bit about uh, Dennis Sicaria. Um, so I'll start with him because that's who you mentioned yeah. first, as. But he was uh, a much in Gladbach, and uh, I, I liked him. You know, I seen I seen a bit of a bit of him. You know, whilst in Germany, and thought thought he looked decent. Um, I think he was one of those players who was on the rise, and he's like a youngster who's really coming up and you know being a big thing. And I didn't actually know. Um, we we you'll probably remember I spoke about him as ages ago on a transfer show like literally donkeys ago might have even been just as the takeover went through um when i was saying like the kind of player that i'd want us to kind of go for um but yeah he got to move to juventus and it was like oh well okay fair enough and now the fact that juventus are willing to let him go out on loan um is an interesting one um so and and correct me if i'm wrong but that would be is isn't arthur he's meant to be going to liverpool isn't he yes yeah, letting yeah. two central midfielders go which is interesting. So it makes you wonder mm-hmm. whether Juventus are going to be bringing someone in. Who knows? Um, but yeah, Dennis Sicaria would, you know, he he would have been a player I, I would definitely have, have liked us to get, um, even on loan. You know, as I say, it yeah. sounds like a good deal for Chelsea. But I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, it could be that once Dennis Sicaria comes in for Chelsea, 
then they'll they'll release Conor Gallagher and maybe that's oh sorry I'm knocking my laptop mm. anywhere. Maybe <coughs> maybe that's where the Conor Gallagher uh, the Conor Gallagher deal will get the green light. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, the the young right back um, you had on screen then um, would you say Harrison Ashby? Harrison Ashby, yeah. That's yeah, it. yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I really don't know much about him. But again, it goes back to what we were saying a few weeks ago. Daz, you know, when we're linked with these young, um, these young prospects, if you like, especially English ones, and you know, you, you know that the research will have been done. You know that the likes of um, Ashworth and Howe and stuff like that, they'll know a lot about these players. Um, so the fact that we've been linked with him and the fact we're going for him, yeah, I think I think it'd be good. Um, again, I know I keep saying this, weeks and weeks and weeks ago, we were talking about not really needing any backup for the right-back position because we had Kraft and Mankio. Now the Kraft's injured for seemingly the whole season or nearly all of the season. Um, it could be that maybe this lad's going to come in, possibly Mankio's on his way out, possibly Fernandez is on his way out. Matty Longstaff, has he been confirmed as out? But I know he's been talking hey. to Barnsley. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's that's what I heard at lunchtime. But no, it's changed from what I read on, on Twitter. So hopefully Twitter is accurate. And it's coming from Colchester United um, official oh. page. So I presume it's true. It looks like he's gone to to Colchester. So on, right. on loan until January. So it does look like, like then the Barnsley deal fell through. Because there was talk that the Barnsley one was for a um loan with the option to, to probably to, to, to buy i imagine but so this looks more like a short-term gig and then reassess it in january uh, see where he is um so yeah that's where matty Longstaff looks to be going uh, unless someone in the, the chat corrects me that looks like the way and we have yeah. we have a, we have a special guest join us his glass was full <laughs> so let's get him on <laughs> here he is hey pete there's the man there's the man Evening all. Evening, mate. Evening, Pete. Evening, Pete. Uh, sorry for my lateness. My um, ah, my daughter's at football training, so I had to make sure ah, I had to do no that. Problem. Um, but yeah, man. how are we all, boys? Are we okay? Oh, bad, all mate. good, Pete. Yeah, not yeah. bad. Not Apart bad. from Tillman starting, R- ruin my night. I'll be honest with you, guys. Um, I always thought if, if if I didn't wake up to news that Tillemans was close, I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, a bit like the Ekatika. I know Ekatika didn't go through in January, but we woke up to news that it was, a deal was agreed. And then he, it was a case of, you know, is he coming to Newcastle? Is he not? It had to be that with Tillemans this morning. It had to be deal agreed. He's on his way to Newcastle Medical, da, 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 all that stuff for it to happen tonight. Um, so I didn't expect it, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, so it's disappointing because I think it'd have been a really, really good signing, but, um, I've got a feeling that he just wants Champions League football, which was said at the beginning of the summer, to be fair. Um, he did make it clear at the beginning of the summer. I just think he wants Champions League football and, and he's prepared to stay at Leicester in his comfort zone for another year to get that big payday and that big move to, to a Champions League club now. We could be that Champions League club. I, I don't know, but um, I, I very much doubt it this season. But um, but yeah, I, I don't see Yuri Tillemans now coming to Newcastle at any point, even even in January or next season. Yeah. yeah. So Pete, um, we, had nearly, we had nearly gone through all, all the potential links that, that could potentially happen or 
is it done already? But what what is your thoughts? Um, because I wasn't been talking to you all day, really. Uh, you've been busy working and stuff. But um, do you think there's the potential for anyone to to rock up at Newcastle before eleven o'clock? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I think there's an opportunity. It'll be it'll be a loan. It won't be a permanent deal. Um, I, with this Dennis Takara deal, I don't know if you've talked about it. With, yep, with that deal potentially it. going through, it looks like it has. It looks like it's been agreed. Um, Conor Gallagher looks like a good option. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he isn't going to play many minutes at Chelsea the way it is right now. And the and I'll be honest, the, the two yellow cards at the weekend haven't helped him at all uh, in terms of his career at Chelsea. But with Dennis Sakara coming in, it, it just spell it just says to me that he's going to play even less. So he needs to move on. Now, the question what we've got, we've all got right now, and it's been talked about that, I think. Is there's been a lot of sp- lot of conversations about he doesn't want to move out of London. You know, are we going to be able to convince someone like him to move out of London on short notice? Possible, yeah. but I think that for me is well most likely still. I don't know what you boys think. That that's what we're just actually saying, Pete. That that, that looks the, the most potential that for to happen. That and the Harrison Ashby that one that was being talked about by uh, Keith Downey during the day. Um, those those two are. Look like our, our only uh, game left in, in there for tonight, really. I think, but um, yeah, it's 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 um, it's a shame, really, because you know there are still some decent players out there. You know, Arthur <clears throat> Arthur Mello is about to go to, um, I think he's about to go to Liverpool. It's been available for ages. We we you know he's a good good player, very good player. Um, you know, so there's a few there's a few others out there that teams are going for. You know, teams have been in crazy. I don't I don't know what you think, and this is not Newcastle related. And and it, I don't get it. Like you've got Arsenal battling for 25 million for Douglas Louise from Aston Villa. Mm. I, don't, I I don't see it. I don't, no, see, I, I don't see it. What the fuss is. Like, if Villa are getting rid of him and Villa are shocking at the moment and Villa don't want him, why are Arsenal wanting him? Like, I, just, I don't see the, the specialness about him, especially to bid 25 million. That's the same as Tillemans. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Uh, <laughs> the Arsenal up to, up to from 20 to 25 during the day. Um, why not? Why not just take Tillemans now? <laughs> That's it. It's it's mad. It's it just baffles me. It really does. I don't see. I don't see it. I don't see the ability. He's got a decent long shot to his game, but he has a little bit of tenacity. But is I don't think his stats really hold up very 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 well. I just I don't see the fuss about him. But there there are there, there are some other players out there, and and you got to remember, although we don't expect a deal to come through. This is Newcastle, and we didn't expect last week to have Alexander, the beautiful, shall we say, the beautiful <laughs> Alexander Isaac um, signing for us. So, yeah, who knows? Anything's possible. So you're saying there's a chance. 
Mm, I don't know. Um, I think I think they would be more organized than have left at this day. But uh, yeah, the, as as George Calkin said this morning, like calls will go in during the day today, and yeah. it might something might might crop up, and it could be the domino effect. The domino effect hasn't really worked for us during the day, so maybe it might turn. Um, so let, let's look the, the, the practical situation there. Let's say. They were they're open to to um, sending the Connor Gallagher in London. So I imagine that a medical would take place in 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 London straight away, or would, would it, could they look at postponing the medical and to, um, um, till tomorrow kind of thing? I I know and just doing the deal anyway and on some kind of caveat. I think um, I mean obviously I'm I'm no expert on this, does but I think um, you know it's relatively easy to be able to set up a medical whenever you want one. Normally they do the medical in Newcastle. Um, because we've still got what three and a half hours left of the window, I think it'd be quite easy, um, you know, for a private jet, especially if it was someone in the Premier League, because it'd be quite easy to, you know, fly someone over, um, or you know, rather than getting the player to come to Newcastle, you know, representatives could go and meet um, the player wherever they are um, and go and get the deal done. And again, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think you can sign a player as well, subject to you know medicals and everything going through. Um, so you know the paperwork's got to be in before eleven, but as long as you know it's it's completed by say I think I don't know whether they give them a couple of hours later or whether it's just you know it's got to be done as soon as possible. But as long as those initial papers are in by eleven, because that's why sometimes you know we all wait up till eleven o'clock yeah. and we're like, oh the window's <laughs> short and it goes dong dong, and then like you wake up in the morning it's like, oh what happened? Where did he come from? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think I think there is still like an, an extension of time as long as that agreement's in place between the clubs and as long as contracts have been exchanged and fees have been agreed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, I think there is still a little window for you to be able to kind of push a deal through. That's I mean, my like, understanding, anyway. You mean like clock time? Uh, There's the new new equivalent of Fergie time. You you could say so. <laughs> you could say so. Yeah. No, don't talk about that. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, he's, he's a prick. Absolute <laughs> prick. Sorry. Lost all respect for him. Uh, <laughs> I, I genuinely have. He, he's, he's not the same guy he was four years ago. He, he's um, yeah, he's gone down in my estimation big time. Um, but do you remember? Do you remember that? Do you remember that transfer window where we signed like Olivier Bernard back for like the third time, and it, it only came through at like seven in the morning, seven yeah. or eight in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember like he didn't even. And, 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 and I mean, this is years ago now. But he didn't even have a medical. He had, he had the medical the next day, mm. um, and actually, that you you made a really good point, Chris, because with loans and actually Simon Simon um, our, our sponsors put it in the oh, chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loan medicals are different to permanent signing, yeah. so we could actually just get the paperwork done, and we can fly Conor Gallagher up the next day for for the mm. medical then and get that done and see it through. Or Chelsea can do the medical. Oh no! Well, I I got to go. I got to be flashing up breaking news on any little thing. So I'm gonna we've oh, got okay. a text from we've got a text from Martin saying that, oh. that there's talk talks ongoing uh, with no relation to Gallagher. So Martin is is usually has his fingers on the pulse. So I don't know where where he's getting that from, but uh, that that's what he's he's saying. So there is hope. Oh. There's hope. I, I love lot. I love Martin's little breaking news, especially yeah, if, like, yeah. it just it just fills us with so much hope, and I don't know whether he's doing it just to crush us afterwards. Hey, uh, you want you want to hear Richie's uh, Richie's news to me today? He, he had he had three planes, three private planes landing in Newcastle, and he had t- he had talks of Televins being yeah. there the night before, yeah. and all these. Different- 
<laughs> and one coming from uh, Leverkusen or something. I was like, oh, oh. yeah, no, no. And I was like, I'm glad we don't uh, go out with that kind of those kind of stories when, when, when it's just kind of rumors. But um, yeah, I don't think it was any in any of those, obviously. But but, um, but I love the plane spotters, though. You know, I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> I love them. It fills you with so much excitement, doesn't it? It does, it does, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember the takeover <laughs> stuff, like, like uh, in my mind, it like, it like, like, well, I'd be verbalising, I'd be like, yeah, bullshit, 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 but in my mind I'm thinking, yes, it could be. Every day, every day was like that. Uh, no. Yeah, but, um, if this happened, this might happen, this, yeah. Yeah. Joining all the dots every day. But, but the loan... <sighs> We, we with a loan deal, we could get to ten o'clock. We could get to ten o'clock tonight, an hour before the window, and we could t- and and it could be Newcastle have agreed a loan deal for such and such. Da 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 da. Paperwork going through the and and it could be that and and medicals and everything can come afterwards. Or they could have already had the medical with their club. So Gallagher could have had that medical with with the Chel- with, with his Chelsea physios. They send the information over to Newcastle and. He flies up and signs the deal and all the rest of it. So there is still there's still an opportunity there, and um, I think I'm, I don't know if I'm wrong. It was a few hours ago that um, Pete is it Pete Graves or or uh, Keith Downey was saying that there's a couple of couple of things bubbling away. So yeah, that, that, that looking Pete Graves. But, but Pete, Pete Graves, the 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 difference and, and uh, uh, between them is is is, is funny because Pete Graves is on also on, keeps you on your seat and is is just a total fan in, in engaging and things like like us just just hoping and praying and putting two and two together as well. Whereas Keith Downey is oh. he's he's uh, uh Ashby's off, so uh, <laughs> one of the, one of our two possibilities is gone already. Uh, uh, <laughs> Thanks, Adam. To be fair, um, I, have no, I have no idea who the guy is. No, no we said that before, Pete. Don't, don't, don't have to know anything about him. I'm not being funny. Like we've got Mankilio there as a backup. Like I'll take that. Like yeah. he, he's. He, let, let's face it. Like we're moving forward as a squad. We're moving forward. We're getting. We're getting players out that we want out. But <clears> let's face it. Mankilio has always come in and never let us down. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Right, all. Right, all left. He can play in both positions, yeah, yeah. like you said. In, 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 he's not our first choice, far from it. But he never moans. He never calls for a move. He never bangs on the door and says, "I want to be playing." Blah blah blah. He's just happy to be there. Loves to be in the squad, especially with the the South American, the the, the Spanish speaking contingent in there as well. Um, he's just happy to be there, and he can be a, a more than adequate backup. But what it does, it 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 it. it, it puts more pressure on Trippier to look after himself to make sure that he's fit and playing every game. If he plays as well as he does, and he has been this season, we won't need a backup. We won't need someone to come in and and replace him. So it's all good. We've got our two sources on that one as well. Richie's put it in the chat as well. And and that's what I was just going to say about Keith Downey. Keith, Keith Downey doesn't say anything unless he's got so many sources. He's like... 75% certain that something could happen. Well, this is one of the ones that he mentioned. So, uh, yeah, and it's been um, ruled out by, by West Ham. I know they had a, a, a bid rejected as well for, for I think, it, yeah, they went to Villa, uh, whoever it was, the guy from Southampton. Um, so, yeah, that, that's scuppered their chances as well. 
Um, you know what? Den Donker. Yeah. Why didn't we go for him? 18 million. Goes in it. I've just seen it. Yeah. He's a good so so is he is he been come who, who's he gone to? Is he gone to Villa? He's gone to Villa, Villa and Villa getting twenty five for Luis. Oh, he's a good player. Yeah. He's a, and he's, he's exactly good... what we need, that holding. Yeah. I don't know why I'm going like that. That that holding player who can just yeah, just, just <laughs> hold and then let Bruno go up a bit. Be lovely. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's, yeah. It. that's kind it's of what they're playing. That's what Pep does. That's what Pep does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but no, you, you're right. Like I, I'll be honest, I was surprised when he even went to Wolves in the first place. Um, Dendonka, he he's a good he's a good player. He he, he does his job really really well. He can play centre back as well. He can cover in centre back. Can play in midfield. Good in the air. Good tackler. Um, yeah, fifteen million. Is it is it fifteen million or a bit more? Thirteen. Thirteen. 13. That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah, again, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We're we're not the ones making the decisions. Maybe 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 we're maybe they're they're laughing at us now because we we all know that Newcastle and Eddie Howe are friends of the channel and they're probably watching the show right now. How are you doing, Eddie? Um, yeah. Maybe they're laughing at us and saying we're looking at better right now. Don't worry about it. How you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no other channel has a, has a salute like that for Eddie. Yeah. But uh, look, maybe we'll talk about a few of the the um, outgoings uh, as well. Um, so one that went through area. I'm going to go uh, Lucas De Bali, uh, Bali. Uh, he is gone to Hamilton. Uh, so he yeah. signed a new two-year contract, and then he went on loan to Hamilton. So that is one uh, good get a bit, some game time and. Uh, no harm in that, and he was getting on the the bench there last in the last season. So yeah, no no harm. Won't <laughs> be with Adam Bagueta. Nope. Um, not, it, not it, not. You know what? You know what? I've, just caught, I've, I've caught up just as I got back with some of some of the chat with it with those boys. He's been on the he's been on the wind up. He's been doing this all day. Yeah, just little, putting little pop shots in there. He loves it. He absolutely <laughs> loves it. Uh, oh my god. I think he put in there. Oh, apparently we're in talks with um, uh, something. No one. He put in there uh, <laughs> uh, today, which uh, which got a few laughs. I've just caught up with it now, but yeah, he's a he's a he's a he's a, he's a good guy. He makes me laugh. This is, um, this is do you know what though? This is what the window is all about, isn't it? Because if you you know a few people have said it in the chat. If you rewind, what let's say two years ago. Um, we'd we if if the channel existed then we'd all be sat here just like you know under Ashley just going, uh, you know nothing's going to happen. You know, in fact, was it last season where they were outside and uh, the the reporter was outside St James's Park at the gate, and he was like, "Yeah, it's shut. No one's here." <laughs> yeah, we were there for we, we were sitting there. We were thinking, "What are we even doing here? It's pointless." <laughs> Daz has flashed up breaking news, uh, and I know that I'm still talking, but I have a feeling Daz might have froze. He's putting the same pose for like yeah, that poker face for like thirty seconds for the whole time you were talking. So yeah. I was waiting for him to come in, which is why I didn't say anything. But I've got a feeling, and I don't want to steal his thunder. I've got a feeling I know what it is that he's going to be saying because there has been another outgoing. From Newcastle United, and it's just been confirmed by the club um, that Kel Watts has signed for Peterborough 
United on loan. Right. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if it's for the rest of the season. I'll just take a look now. What's interesting about that is Kel Watts had a bad injury. Um, uh, well, it's a loan till January, actually. He had a bad injury, um, obviously, during the during the pre-season. Thank you, Anthony. Give us a subscribe. Great to have you part of the channel. Um, brilliant stuff for joining us tonight. Um, Kel Watts, yeah, he, he's so he's joined for until January. Had a bad injury with his knee. Was on crutches. He's still got four weeks of his recovery left. So he's still got four weeks of his recovery wow. left, but they've got the loan deal sorted. Yeah. Um, and so he's going there. He'll obviously continue his rehabilitation and then play for them. It's not a bad move for him. It's a good move. Good move for 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 Kurt Watts. Obviously, I think he did well. He got I think he got Wigan promoted last season. Um, he, he did a great job in, in getting them into the championship from right. Yeah, team. was it Wigan? I think it was Wigan, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So he's got so he's got previous in terms of getting that. Um, so yeah, fair play, fair play to him. He's he's done a good job there. Um, someone put in there about um, Shane Ferguson. Jesus, yeah, God, it was I, like forgot that, I forgot that name. Uh, oh God! I like don't, don't remind me of that. Fumby, Fumby's kicked everyone off. Everyone, everyone's off now, aren't they? What? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I bet. He, he, this is what he does. He comes in. He just, he just gets his rod, puts it in there, and then just disappears. Uh, but fair play to him. But um, uh, there's been some update from Craig Hope. Apparently, uh, he said that the word that the reply from West Ham was a no from for Harrison Ashby. Uh, they don't want to let him go. Now, I think if it was another club, if it was a Fulham, if it was um, another team that are down the bottom of the league, a Forest or someone like that, I think they would have let Harrison Ashby go. The fact that it's Newcastle and the fact that they know that they're going to be in and around the same sort of positions as Newcastle is going to affect whether whether um, Harrison Ashby leaves the club now. Har Harrison Ashby has less than a year left on his contract. He hasn't got left on his uh, a lot left on his deal. Right. So th there was there was a cheap fee available there or potential with a loan with a view to buy if things um, kind of move forward. So I think personally, um, it's West Ham just not wanting to deal with Newcastle. Um, and I don't think it'll be the first time and it won't be the last. So, um, yeah, I would chalk that one off. That that deal doesn't look like it's going to happen at all, um, to be honest. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we keep moving on. I, Chris, I don't know. I heard something about Lucas Mora. I think I dropped it in the chat yes. when, I, when yes. I was on my break earlier on today from work. And um, it, nothing come of that at all? Nothing, everything gone silent? Yeah, I, I heard earlier on. Um, I heard earlier on that... Um, Tottenham didn't want to loan him out. So whether or not that means they want a permanent deal, I don't know. Um, but yeah, apparently they don't want to loan him out, which is fair enough. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd be I'd be quite I'd be quite happy if we got Lucas Mora and I do like mm. Lucas Mora. Um but you know what, it's one of those, isn't it? I I think I think we'll struggle getting loan deals from any of the top six, and the most likely is probably Chelsea because they've got an abundance of players. But anybody else, I think we'd struggle because I just don't think, especially, you know, they'll be looking now at that Man, uh, Man City performance and that Liverpool performance and they'll all be thinking, we're not helping these out. No way. Um, anything that could potentially strengthen us, I just don't think they'll do. Pete, 
Gary Millican's just put something in the chat, and uh, weirdly, I thought of you when I when I seen this because I thought you'll appreciate that. What did you think on uh, Danny Rose? <laughs> what would oh have shifted about now? Everyone's shifted about. Yeah, uh, honestly, uh, I did. I did chuckle to myself a little bit when I saw that deal. Uh, I'm not surprised. I don't. I know. I can't remember the last time he kicked a ball for Watford. Um, but look. Isn't that just the mark of what we of what we know with regards to Danny Rose? His stock has fallen massively. Um, and I think we really saw that at Newcastle. He had moments where he had some good games. He had one or two good games for us where he looked like he was at the level that we thought he was when he was at England. But then the vast majority of the time, he was he, he was about a real poor standard. Real poor standard. And look, let's face it, when he left Tottenham, he didn't have many options. No. Not many players, not not, not no. many clubs wanted to take take um take a chance on the player. To be fair, and going to Watford, if you can't, I'm not being funny, but if you can't play regularly for Watford in the Championship, um, in the Premier League, then in the Championship, that tells you where you're at in your career. Yeah, and unfortunately, he's only going one way. And, yeah. and you know what? I'll be honest with you. It wouldn't surprise me if he retires. Yeah, me too. I think he's earned his money, hasn't he, Pete? He's earned his money. I don't think he's just bothered. We kind of saw that a little bit at Newcastle. I mean, it just it just goes to show, though, doesn't it, for me anyway, you know, after that Tottenham documentary came out, was it all, yeah. all or nothing? Um, you know, Mourinho was getting was getting a lot of a lot of um a lot of hate, wasn't he, from certain sections of, you know, fans. And they were going, you know, why has he got rid of Danny Rose? And why has he got rid of Deli Ali? And it's like, obviously, obviously, he saw it, didn't he? He saw it, he knew. Um, and I think he had the same problem at Man United. I think there's a lot of Man United players there. And he, he probably saw the same thing. He, you know, he, he's training with them day in, day out. And he must see and go, you know what? They're done. Um, but he doesn't want to come out and say that in so many words. But um, we've already seen since um, <coughs> Ten Hag's come in, yeah. Luke, Luke Shaw's disappeared. He won't last. He won't yeah. last. That that Malencia, he's a good player. Yeah. And honestly, you can really tell the difference when Malencia plays and when Luke Shaw plays. They yeah. are like polar yeah. opposites. He yeah. is a proper defender, that Malencia, and he has made things absolutely solid. You know who he reminds me of? He's a better version of this. But can you remember last season when I was bigging up um Tyreek Mitchell from Yes, from, from Palace? From yeah, I yeah. love that guy. When yeah, I went to Spurs last season, I watched him and he really surprised me. He's a proper defender. He can get forward, but he's a proper defender. Obviously, he's had an England cap since. Um, proper, proper defender. But that Malencia reminds me of him. He's a real good defender. You don't see him get forward like Shaw and the overlapping and balls in and all that business. He doesn't do all that. But what you don't get is you get, don't get beaten behind. Like yeah. Shaw gets He's got that pace, and He's got that pace. Yeah. And he's... Position, positional-wise, yeah. he's just intelligent. Defensively, yeah, yeah. he knows where to go. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, Ten Hag will take that at this moment in time rather than someone that's bombing on all the time. Um, but yeah, Luke Shaw, you know, I don't, personally, 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 I wouldn't take him at Newcastle. No. I think I think he's really passed his best. Um, but he could find himself shipped out at Man United if they, if they end up going in the right direction because he's... He's fallen off the pace massively. I mean, do you know what, Pete? And I, I know we're going to touch on this, and we'll wait. We'll wait properly if you want till Daz comes back, because <coughs> I am really interested to speak to you both about the match last night. 
and I know <laughs> I know it's not a you know it still probably hurts and everything like that um but it's interesting because I, especially last night for me you you know and I think you've been the same Pete that like we've been defenders of Chris Wood um and I I you know I think he did a job for us last season he kept us up I thought he did really well you know he he, he, he tried his hardest and every time I see him this season he's trying his hardest but he's not mobile enough and I think now the Premier League's got to a point where you need players who are mobile. You need players who give 110%. The, our pressing game last night was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It was literally non-stop all the time. You know, one would go, the other would go, and they'd all be looking at each other, and like you'd see them waving as if to say, right, I'm going, you're coming too. And players like Luke Shaw, you can't get away with that anymore. You can't get away with just playing left-back and bombing on occasionally and then coming back when you're ready. And like you were just talking then about Malaysia and about Tyrick Mitchell, the all action, the fit lads, the really, really fit lads, and they can get up and down. At the moment, they're applying the trade. They're only young. In a couple of years' time, you know, who's to say they, you know, they can't kick on, they can't push on once they're experienced and once they've, you know, had that two, three, four years under the belt in the Premier League. You'll probably find that the manager trusts them a bit more and goes right, go forwards when you're ready. When you know this happens, you go. But at the moment, they're probably saying just learn your position, learn your trade, and we'll worry about that later on. But you know, they're reaping the rewards. Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace now under Vieira are looking like a, a good side. But again, it goes back to he's got a team full of runners. They constantly press, and this is what we're seeing now in the Premier League. And that, that's why I think Eddie Howe, in particular, is looking at certain players and being like, "I need runners." And the reason I'm going back to me Chris Wood comment is as soon as Isaac went off. The game turned like that. Yeah. The game just turned. One yeah. player and the game turned. We we didn't have that focal point at the top. Um, and Chris Wood is trying. I'm not saying he wasn't trying, but he's not mobile enough. And that's the issue. I, I, I don't disagree with the move. It's, it's the one time. It's the one time where when Alexander Isaac got subbed, I actually was like, yeah, good move. Uh, so I didn't disagree with the move at all because... Isaac had already done his bit. Yeah, he got his goal. He looked, he looked dangerous. Yeah. What what uh, what Eddie Howe has basically done? He's basically gone right. Yeah, he's our he's our man. He's he's our man. We need to protect him. Yeah, he, he he wants him ready for Palace. He wants Absolutely. to unleash him at St James's Park. Absolutely, and and give him. He'll probably get the full ninety minutes um, yeah. against Palace, and, and that's why he's saving him for that. So I, I understood why he did it, but you're absolutely right. The level of quality just drops down. But look, Chris, we, we, we said this from after the January window, yeah, even when like he first started playing for us, is that, you know, if Chris Woods keeps his in the league, that's job done. Yeah. You know? Great service. You've done your bit. You've done exactly what we signed you for. We, we overpaid for you, but you've done your job. Move on. Like yeah. that, that's the situation, and and if I'm right in thinking, there's been a bit of interest in Chris Wood today. Well, this is this is the next thing I was going to go on to. Yeah, so apparently we've re we've rejected, um, we've rejected a, a few approaches for Chris Wood, hmm. and to me, that would that would indicate that we haven't got anyone lined up as a backup, or there's no one there who we can do the deal for. Because I think if we had someone ready, someone who you know was on the radar, somebody who maybe was I don't know. 15 10 15 20 million i think they'd do it um because i don't know even even the likes of jao pedro now jao pedro's come out hasn't he and said he's happy at watford he's staying at watford blah 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 blah. and it just makes you wonder whether 
you know, we've kind of stalled on the deal. We've got Isaac in. And then we maybe we've gone back to Wofford or back to João Pedro and they've gone, nah, I'm staying now. I'm not going to, you know, um, I'm going to leave it. Or maybe the club have turned around and went, you know what, we'll come back in in the January. We'll come back in next summer. You know what yeah. I mean? Going, who knows? But I think, me personally, I... It, if there was a backup, I, I'd take I'd take 10, 15 million for Chris Woods. I really would, because I, I I don't think going forward he he's he's an option. I really don't. We saw it yesterday, Pete. We've seen it in other games. Um, we've changed the way we play our football now. It's no longer I'll oh, just hoof it up to him. We don't play like that, and it, I think it slows everybody down. And that's no that's no offense to Chris Woods. I'm not knocking Chris Wood at all, but it's like if you stuck Chris Wood up up front for City, it just wouldn't work. If you yeah. stuck him up front for Liverpool, it wouldn't work. They're too fluid, they're too quick. Imagine having Luis Diaz and Salah, you know, buzzing around the wing, and then the ball comes in. Chris Wood's like, shit, I've got to get there. Yeah. It just doesn't work. He's it, not it, mobile it, enough. It's an old, it's an old style of, it's an old style football. Uh, you know, banging it up to that target man. And just being not being not being fast, but just being able to be big and strong and hold up the ball. It's an old style. It's a Burnley style. It's it's kind of you know five even ten years ago where, where a player would be really effective playing that way. It's perfect for the championship, which I think is why a lot of teams have been interested in. But and this is why he went to Tranmere and managed to get his goal the way he did because below the Premier League, that's still the way they play. Mm-hmm. That's still four, five, six, seven years behind the Premier League in terms of its development and how it and how it kind of is already evolved, and that's why a lot of teams that get promoted they struggle. They, they, they'll start really well, but then they'll slip again because they can't evolve completely with the Premier League in the way in which in the way in which is played. Chris Wood, his next move should be to the Championship because I think he'd, he'd go to the Championship and score twenty plus goals because of yeah. the type of football that's played there. But it's not right for Newcastle and it's not right for the Premier League. You're absolutely right. I think if there was someone like Emmanuel Dennis, who baffling, it's baffling that he still hasn't played any minutes for Forest since he signed. He's, I think he's, he, I think he came on against City. I watched the highlights last night, and I'm sure okay. it was him who come on. But, yeah, only only for a cameo though. Yeah, I think he's only had cameos since he went there. And, and you know, Emmanuel Dennis is not a bad striker, but he would have been a perfect, yeah, okay, we'll move Chris Wood on and we'll get someone like him in. A mobile striker that can play off yeah. the wing, but mostly down the middle and probably would have been comfortable just being that backup. If he's comfortable being on the bench for Forrest, he'd have been comfortable being on the bench for Newcastle and coming on and doing a bit here and there. So... He would that would have been the perfect option, but look, it, it's not happened. But uh, Alexander Isak will, will will ensure that that is um, a, a perfect situation for us, uh, in that we are in an. Oh, what was that? Oh, uh, Conor Gallagher. So Andrew Malloy says Conor Gallagher loan with thirty million by clause, and that's as per the Athletic. Is that for Newcastle though? I would imagine so, if it's in the Athletic. I, I, well, I'm not 100 percent sure, but um, that's or maybe that's the deal. But <coughs> excuse me, maybe that's the deal we're exploring. Hmm, interesting. Okay, we'll have to keep an eye on that one. But yeah, um, I just think yeah, Chris Wood needs to move on. I think it would have been perfect to move him on now, but I think he'll move on. I think he'll go in January, and we'll look to strengthen there. Jao Pedro, I think Jao Pedro is gutted that he didn't get the move to Newcastle. I think yeah. it's Watford that stopped him moving because they can't get a replacement in time. 
which is why I think they tried for Chris Wood. I think Chris Wood would have been a good deal. Getting Chris Wood in and then being in the position. Hey, here he is. Breaking news. Fucking hell. I saw, I saw that, Jay, you, um, you, you... That's exactly what I was going to say, Pete. You, you, uh, the, about 15 minutes ago, uh, the Kelowatt thing. But I, I sent you a fact. You're not getting it. Well, I couldn't get back on. No, never mind. You say facts. I'm going to go away. You're all facts. I'm with you. Ah, you're an old... Facts machines off, Facts I was thinking, are we back 15 years ago? But yeah, look, Chris Wood, I think he'll go in January. I think he'll move on. Um, and I actually think we'll probably get another forward or a stri- or a winger stroke striker um, in, in January. I think that's probably what we're now using. We're going to probably use those funds for if we don't get someone on loan. Um, but l- let's face it, we haven't got anyone on loan. So if I'm right in thinking, I think Ritty said a couple of weeks ago, we can get two loans in the Premier League. So we've got the opportunity in January to, if we don't get a loan tonight, which there's still a chance we can get, if we don't get a loan tonight, we can get two in January and have some money available for a permanent signing or two. So it's not the worst thing in the world. And as we knew last season in January, there are always players available in January if you've got the money and you in your in your in a good position. And if we're sitting in the top half of the table looking at potentially fighting for Europe, that would attract a lot more players to come to Newcastle. There's no doubt about it. So it's not the worst thing in the world. But look, let, let's be positive. There's still talk about Gallagher and there could well be a surprise here. So let's let's hope that something gets pulled out of the bag from Eddie, Eddie and, the, and the gang. Um, so I guess, I guess, guys, you were talking about the the wood potentially that came up during the day, wood to, to um, Watford. Mm-hmm. Topic, yeah, yeah, because I was onto the, the do not scratch your eyes, guys. The Watford guys, and I go, tag them into that. Go, and uh, they're going, No, <laughs> after all the talk about <laughs> last week, so uh, it was funny. Guys, we were gonna we were gonna talk about the game last night. I know we, I know we said we'd talk about the game, but we wanted to wait for peace. Um, and I, do you know what? Okay. I'm really interested to hear your guys' opinions because obviously, as you know, I was there. Um, and I've got my own opinions on what you know, what I saw, and what you know, what my thoughts. But as you know, um, it can be a different game watching at home as it can be when you're there. Um, and obviously, you don't have the luxury of seeing replays and stuff. So, like the, for example, um, Isaac's second goal, um, it was weird because everyone celebrated it, but like it was almost like a half celebration. So you knew, you knew that it was going to get chalked off. Must be because we saw the linesman's flag. Um, but it was only after the game did I see how close it was. Um, so yeah, you know, let me let me know your thoughts anyway on the on the game last night and how you felt about it and what your pl- what your pluses were, what your minuses were, and whatnot. I was streaming the game because I'm not. I'm, I'm said I'm not. I'm not paying for BT this year. I'm going to pay for Sky Sports. So uh, it was like like the internet tonight. It was a bit on off. But um, yeah, um, the second goal. I thought it should have stood. And even even that picture that was going around today of that where the line was drawn. Uh, I, I I thought I thought it, it had a better chance of of. Um, they obviously went to bar and and ruled it out. But it it did look that he was level um, at the time. Um, but yeah, it was a great performance all around. We were just robbed at the at the end, really, Chris. Um, and gr- great to see uh, Isaac score his first goal for us. Um, and um, 
I was there. Oh, well, I know we're not doing a review show, but was, if we're doing a review show, and we, if we won that game, I was, I was giving ten to everybody because uh, the, the, uh, they were all they all played really well. And I was probably going to give uh, for the crack. I was going to give uh, Joe Willick man of the match because he did he did all right, and and I I've, I have to get stay in my bed over the while, while. So I was just for the, for the crack. I was going to give him man of the match, but yeah, just robbed at the, at the end. And my my Liverpool friends were uh, on the on texting before the game, and uh, they were quite during the game, but yeah, they were, they found the the will to, to text after the game as well. So that was uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, no, I had a similar experience, that's got to be honest. It was a disgrace. It was an absolute disgrace. I'm sorry. I'm still not over it, and I don't think I will be. Um, we should have won. We, we, we probably should have won that game, but we should have at least took a point, in my opinion. Um, for me, uh, we were in a position where we were stopping their flow. We were in a position where they didn't have uh, another option. They, they okay. were struggling. Um, and you know, that, that what baffles me is that, um, that offside, that offside, you, you, they only show one angle. The angle is right up in the, in the gods. Um, and it's not even level where you can properly see down the line. You don't see the lines being drawn. You don't see the official offside ruling. Um, you know how they judge that from that angle. I have no idea. It doesn't make sense. Um, so for me, it, it just it just see all seems a little bit bullshit. If I'm honest, and if that was the other way round, um, I, I don't see how they how they don't give that as a goal. I just don't. Uh, but um, you know it is what it is. But it, you know Liverpool, Liverpool were rattled. They were rattled for the first time in a long time. They they were rattled. And I think there's a realization that uh, of two things. One thing they realized that Newcastle are coming and we're getting better, and we're not going to be a Bournemouth that are just going to roll over and just allow them to score three, four goals like we have done in the past. But equally, it's a realisation that um, they're not as good as what they used to be. And yes, they won the game by luck, but actually the quality of their performance, I think, is what it is what frustrated and what angered Jurgen Klopp more than anything, is the fact yeah. that they weren't able to go to a team like Newcastle and dominate and score three or four goals and make it <coughs> And off the back of the fact that they got a draw against Palace at home and the fact that they struggled against Newcastle, what it tells them is that they're not going to have this 95-point season again like they expect, where they're going to lose or drop points very like sparingly across the season. I think Liverpool are going to lose a lot more points off the back of that because they don't look like the team that they were two or three years ago. And I think there's a realisation from Jurgen Klopp that they are not where he wanted them to be. Now, Diaz and Darwin Nunes, you know, Darwin Nunes will come back in and I'm sure he'll score goals, but those performances will still continue. Those performances will still happen with Liverpool this season. And if Liverpool, uh, if Man City are as consistent as what they are right now and Haaland's running wild, which I fully expected anyway, because he's, he's elite, um, they might not even finish in the top two this season. Yeah. yeah, do you know what? Do you know what, Pete? I think I think that's fair, Rich. Welcome, by the way. Um, good to see you, mate. Can I can we have a little look at that gold tie, please? 
I don't understand where everyone else is. Love that. Where's everyone else is at? I know. I know. I seen the gold tie and I was like, oh, I should have put the gold tie on, man. Yeah. You know Um, this. Well, don't don't take it off. (laughs) No. No, 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 no. No, no, Rich, you should keep it. Um, (laughs) Leave the shirt on, Richie. Leave the shirt on. That's that's staying on. Don't worry about it. We want to keep our viewers. Do you know what? I don't want to. Um, I don't want to go on too much about about the game last night. I was just interested to hear your thoughts, and obviously, Richie, I want to hear yours as well. But yeah, Pete and Daz, like what you've just said there, I I saw something that I haven't seen in five, six, seven, eight, nine years, whatever. Like we turned up yesterday, and it was weird because at full time, like it reminded me of last season against Everton when Awobi scored. Where we scored in the 97th, 98th minute. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I was really disappointed and I was really gutted. And I am still gutted and disappointed, but it just felt different. And it felt exactly the same last night as it did at Everton last season because I, I had this disappointment, but I was looking at all the fans celebrating and, you know, giving, giving the Vs and they were buzzing and, like, you know, like they just won a trophy or something. But I've not seen that reaction from Liverpool fans. Normally with Liverpool fans, they're quite smug. They like looked down at us last night. They weren't looking down at us. Now, last night it was like we were Man City, as it in terms of that's how much it meant to them. We for the first sixty minutes of the game, I think we kept. I think we had pretty much control of the game. As soon as they scored that equaliser, you could see the panic in our team. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I know I was, we were talking earlier about Wood, and I think heads kind of went down a little bit when Isaac went off, and clearly the press wasn't working as well as it was previously with Isaac there. Um, Joe Willock, absolutely fantastic. Uh, Daz, like you said, I thought Joe Willock ran his socks off yesterday. He was absolutely superb. Um, and do you know what makes it even more special or even more like palatable for me is that we done what we did yesterday. There was no Botman. There was no St. Maximum. There was no Bruno. There was no Wilson. And like I must admit, when I seen that lineup, I was quite happy with Miggy and Fraser up top and obviously delighted to see Isaac. Um, I thought Sean Longstaff would probably improve based on what we saw at Wolves. I thought he'd probably put in a better performance, which he did. Um, but when I saw uh, Lascelles and Bain, I was just like, what? Like, where's this come from? And I, again, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and Richie jump in, you know, um, <clears throat> about this. But my initial thought was, this shows that Eddie Howe's preparing for every single game. Eddie Howe's looking at this and he's thinking, right, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be up against it tonight. Um, but he's given other players opportunities, and I feel like, you know, he's he's you could say you could say he's rested Shar and Botman, but maybe he's seen something different and he's thought, you know, maybe maybe we need to be a little bit more a little bit more rigid and having the likes of Bain, the likes of Bain and Lascelles together, you know, obviously they've played together before, but they've they're a lot more sturdier if you like whereas Botman and Shah are looking you know for those passes through the middle and they're a lot more silkier on the ball and I just wonder whether Eddie R was thinking you know what our points are at the Palace game and I think it wouldn't surprise me if Eddie R and Jason Tindall will have looked at that game and thought bloody hell we've done far better than I thought we would there because like I say that first hour I thought we were absolutely superb I really really did and I was dead proud and like I say when the equaliser come in and then it was backs to the wall and then they scored honestly the Liverpool fans, because I, I was right on the corner at the away end, and the Liverpool fans, when they were looking over, it, it was like they were baying for blood. It was like they were that they, they were that buzzing, that made up. And I thought, that's because you know we're coming. That's because you know we're missing some of our best players and we've still given you a game. 
And I think Pete's right. I, I think I think they've run out of energy. I think that's why Klopp was so animated. Even at the even in the post match, what was it? What was it? Klopp said, um, "Oh yeah, yeah the, the game Newcastle played, you know, with all the men behind the ball." And it's like, sorry, what game were you watching? It wasn't that at all. First sixty minutes, we took the game to you. We 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 scored a fantastic goal, lovely football from Sean Longstaff, and then that goal that was disallowed. Isaac just put two of your two of your centre halves on their backside, mate. So I don't, I don't know what game you were watching. Because you know we were we were very much on top. Yeah, it was a bit uh, backs against the wall towards the end. But that's with the home crowd firing. They just got the equaliser. But I was thinking to myself, you know, if if Bruno was playing, if Maxi was playing, that, that I I reckon we'd have won that game. Genuinely, think we would have won that game. And one thing I will say as well, by the way, to give Liverpool a bit of credit, I thought Harvey Elliott was outstanding. I, I, that's the best I've seen him play. And I thought the, you know they've got some player on their hands there. But doesn't it go to show? Harvey Elliott, he, he basically carried that team yesterday. Mo Salah, that, that, that's like the fourth game I've seen him now, Mo Salah. And if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be majorly worried because they've they've chucked all their all their eggs in one basket with Mo Salah and Mane's gone to Bayern. And Mo Salah doesn't look the same player to me. And Pete's mentioning Haaland. So I think City will maul Liverpool. I really, really do. Based on what I've seen, I, I don't think it's a contest this season. I think I think City will comfortably win the title. Anyway, sorry, go on, Mitch. I'll finish my rant now. I don't know. Where, where do you want me to jump in on all that? <laughs> yeah, just, 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 want, just want to, um, you know, your opinion on the match yesterday, mate. I was saying to Daz and Pete earlier before you joined, um, obviously I was at the match, so slightly different slightly different views, slightly different opinions, but I was interested to see, because obviously you've all seen the goals back, you know, you've got the commentary, you hear it slightly different, don't you, and you see it slightly different, so Chris, I was just interested to see what you thought. Chris, were you at the Everton game as well? Where we, where we, yeah, he was. He was. So you, 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 oh, the Iwobi, yeah. You're yeah, the problem yeah. there. Both, both those games. You, you have to stop one of those games. I know, I know. And it's funny as well because I said we always score first at Anfield, and I, I was saying, I was saying it to me lads. I was going, we'll score tonight first, even though in my head I was thinking we're not going to score. And then Isaac scored, believe it, and then we went on to lose. It's just, oh, but it won't always be like this, boys. It won't always be like this. No, no, no. <laughs> Building. I think they, I think if you if you go back to at the start of the match last night, obviously before we move on and stuff, I think I was I think I put in our chat I would be, I would be I would have took anything out of that game last night uh, when you saw the team sheet. I was surprised he made two changes at centre half. I thought you know if you're going to rest one, possibly you rest one and they you know just to keep a bit of you know continuity sort of thing within the back four. But to be fair, if you look at it, uh, it was pretty much you know the the back four for the end of the season anyway. Uh, bar for Lascelles and Shaw, it's, it's pretty much you only swapping one over, really. Um, so you know, obviously, obviously, I was with Martin last night, as you know, you've got the picture last night, and Martin would, well, you know, what my thoughts are on Lascelles straight away as we were sitting down and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, so obviously, it was uh, we were looking at that, and to be fair, it was it was an interesting one because the the first up until we scored, I, I don't know if anyone else noticed as well. I didn't think we we pressed. Very hard to start with. We, it was quite a relaxed press that we had. But then, as soon as we went one, one ahead, the press went up a notch straight away from the front three, and um, they were all over just to put extra pressure on the back and uh, the, the back their uh, back four. The midfielders pushing up higher as well. There was a lot more urgency to get that ball straight back once we were ahead. And it was funny because once they equalised. The press dropped again, and that's when Eddie Howard started to make the changes, thinking, "Well, right, okay, perhaps I just need to 
we need to get the you know take a bit of pressure off us, get the ball up to someone like Wood and relax. But as soon as he did that, as I, I, I've been listening before, what you were saying, but Wood offered nothing. Literally last night, he offered nothing at all. He, he pretty much carried on from what, what me and Daz were talking about from the Wolves game the other day when we were talking about it on the review show. He offered nothing at all last night. He's just static. And it was it was like, you know, if you go back to, you know, Pete will probably understand this from grassroots when you talk about grassroots junior football. Chris Wood at some point, even last night, he was coming out towards the sidelines and he was like a you know a la- a football learned to play football for the first time. He was just trying to chase the ball to get involved a little bit. And it was like it just it, it, it's just not his game whatsoever. Um, and he just looked so uncomfortable. And even on those TV cameras on him and he was on the bench, he had a face like thunder. You know what I mean? He really wanted, just didn't look happy at all or anything like that. So um obviously that's the fact he's probably you nice. Know, um, he started against Wolves, and as soon as Isak's come in, and he's been dropped straight at the bench. You know, how you don't have to be clever enough to, to turn around and realise that was always going to be the case, because you're not going to not start your club record signing on the bench when your first choice striker is injured, and your other uh, striker isn't even classed as a goal threat. Um, so you know, it was always going to, it was always <clears> going to start. Um, but going on to the, the, the goal, the, the second goal that got disallowed, I, I've got to agree with Pete off what he said about the, the lines and stuff. And we was when we saw it in the pub and we were talking, and we were saying, This where's all the, the, the VAR evidence where they're actually doing the, the, the lines live, where they actually draw the lines on, and you can see where they what point they're marking on and stuff like that. There was nothing. They were just you know, the commentators talking, had a bit of pictures on the pitch and stuff. And the next thing you know, the, the game was kicked off. There was nothing to show you how they came to that decision at all. Um, and then all he did, he did it after like the next time the ball went out of play, they just showed you this, the picture that everyone seen online. It was just literally that still of that picture. And every time you look at that, you look at it and go, there's no way he's not uh, offside. He's, he's, he's onside all day long. You can tell by the weight. You look at even if you look at his feet, but obviously, I know someone mentioned in the chat before what are the rules for the offside. It's, I think, it, and Pete, you might clarify this, but I believe it's as long as it can be part of it's the furthest part of your body that can score a goal that you can score a goal off is yeah. passes offside for where they draw the VAR yeah. line from. So I don't know, I don't know whether they've obviously looked at, but for me, all day long, there was no, you know, especially when you go back to the Rashford goal against Liverpool uh, a week or so earlier. There was no difference, really. You know, it was pretty much a like-for-like like scenario. And I think what really annoyed us with the, when we were in the pub talking about was you didn't see the decision-making process. And obviously, when we go back to the show that we did with Keith Hackett last year, when we were having all the VAR decisions against us last year, and he was saying, um, you need to have these referees mic'd up so you can hear the decision-making like process what yeah. they're lining up talking about like like they're doing you know rugby union rugby league so then if you see something come up you can you can where see where the, where their decision process comes up you know fans would probably understand more if you could hear them saying what they're saying because just sticking a still up like they did last night doesn't result doesn't show anything because there's no everybody can interpret different ways there was one guy I think it was far I don't know if anyone saw it this morning it was to be fair it was really really early this morning some guy uh, had been on all majority of the night, think about, and he'd actually got like you know when you get like the Google uh, glass on your phone and you, you you literally 
circle a bit of the, the, the picture and you move the picture over and he moved the lines up from the offside and he moved it to the halfway line and they didn't they weren't even parallel so you start thinking so how, where are they working now the lines off from it because obviously you know it should technically be let that line should be an identical line if you match it up with the halfway line but it wasn't so it was you know that was something that was to be discussed as well but uh yeah, I think you know we need to see that you know the, the lines getting drawn and all that, and that can clear a lot up. Just putting still up doesn't do anything for me. But as soon as that goal, you know they they got back in it, and I think that goal being disallowed, I think it did kick a bit of stuffing out of Newcastle. You know they've been fantastic up to that point. Obviously they conceded uh, not long after that, and that sort of changed the game. Um, Newcastle stopped the press, and the momentum changed going. It was it looked like. Realistically, Liverpool were the, the team that were chasing the win and everything depending on it. Um, where they got the three minute extra time on top of the stoppage time, I don't know. Um, all the you know, I can, I can see parts of both arguments. I've, been, I've, I've said today, uh, and I know all you lads will say this because obviously it's the basics of football. You play at the final whistle regardless. So you look back, you should say, yeah, you, you, you defend the corner better, but at the same time, if the if you you know it's 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 at least a minimum of five minutes. It's not just five minutes. You've got to remember it's a minimum of five minutes. But you add the Pope stopper, John. When I think someone timed it was under a minute or something like that. Yeah. So even if it's like a minimum of, of you know five minutes, and you can say you you know there's a you, you add an extra minute on that, you're still under the ninety-seven minutes. So you're still even under two minutes there. So then the score in the third minute of stoppage time. You know what I mean? It the lads were absolutely phenomenal last night. And I can't fault any of them, but it's such a fucking kick in the teeth, lads. It really, really was. They did not deserve to win that game, and especially the way they went on after the. Um, you know, Eddie Howe stood there in arguments, and he was. I was so proud that he was our manager that the way he went on and conducted himself, because you saw the way that Klopp went on when they were losing, his attitude and stuff like that, and then his attitude when they won as well. And you're thinking, and then obviously the Newcastle. Uh, Bench is the one that's getting investigated by the FA. So, and what, what, and what as well? I, I, I think I, I must have left the stadium at that point. What was it with the players coming off the pitch and all the Liverpool fans booing? No, they, they, they were booing because because they thought they were they were time wasting, um, and that's why. Look, but that that's the reason why they were booing. But the reality is, is that it they're using the fact that they thought we were time wasting as an excuse to mask the fact that their team weren't good. Yeah. And and that's and that's the reality of it. Jurgen Klopp doing all this and doing all these fist pumps to the fans. It's just a game against little old Newcastle. But it just shows how big that was for him because Jurgen Klopp's under pressure. He's under pressure at the moment in time. He hasn't had a good start to the season. His team is pretty much full strength and they are not playing well at the moment. And he knows he's under pressure. And he needed that win more than anything. Probably more than Newcastle United. Um, and that's why he got so frustrated by it. Now, I think we're being investigated because there was a video going about where uh, when the goal went in, someone, one of our backroom staff, threw something towards um, the the Liverpool um, bench. Uh, I don't know what it was that they threw, whether it was some paper or something, but they threw and it got caught on camera. So that's why the Newcastle bench has been investigated on the back of that, but nothing else. Um, Eddie Howe is always respectful. He's always that. He always remains calm on the sidelines. That's what he's done. 
for his whole management career. He lets Jason Tindall do the do, do the mad stuff. Um, so any of the disagreements that was happening off the back of the game when we were winning and when we were drawing, it was all towards Jason Tindall because he takes it. He takes the brunt and allows. Eddie Howe to focus on doing what he needs to do, which is coach the team. But look, um, I'm proud of the boys. Um, you know, the officiating is done as again, uh, you know, but look, the look will turn around. We will get our look at some point in the season. There's no doubt about it. And I really do hope it's against Liverpool when they come to St. James's Park. Because I'd love nothing more to, um, to give them an absolute hiding because they deserve it. Um, I always had a little bit of a dislike for Liverpool over the years, and it kind of it kind of like calmed a little bit. But seeing how their fans have been going on, seeing how their manager and their players have reacted to Newcastle, makes me laugh slightly because they are massively rattled by us. But equally, um, for a team that have won so much, um, you would expect a little bit more dignity and humility and a little bit more respect than that. Um, and I'm not surprised that they didn't. Just to add as well, um, you know, Pete, Rich, Daz, whatever. I don't know where, whether you've ever come across this. I haven't personally, um, but and I, I was a little di- disappointed being a scouser myself. I'll be honest, I was a little bit disappointed. Um, you know, at the end when they equalised, I'd say about anywhere between eight and twelve missiles were thrown from the home section, and literally the stuff, the stuff that was coming over as well. It was like it was bottles, but it had stuff in it as well. And then there was a fellow about three or four rows in front of me flipping at one of the stewards, saying like, you know, it's he either said it's hit someone or it's just missed someone. And I thought, and again, it goes back to what Pete was saying. You know, they were rattled. Like they, they, they when when that goal went in, you could see the relief on them. And as Pete was saying earlier, you know, they they've they've snuck that game at the end. You know, they've just just won it, just managed to win it, but effectively. Two two youngsters, two kids have won them that game. Harvey Elliott in the whole match, and then Carvalho has come mm-hmm. on off the bench, and all the big hitters nowhere to be seen, nowhere to be seen. Salah, and, yeah, that's what I mean. It, it <laughs> he was shocking. Yeah, he, he just shocking. didn't. Yeah, and it, and I think I I genuinely and then as I say, you know, when we when the players came off, and I, I seen this after the match because I seen it on social media. All the all the Liverpool fans booing the Newcastle uh, the Newcastle players, and I was thinking, where's this come from? Like I've just not seen it, and I thought this this is them knowing that their their grip their their grip on beating <clears throat> us. You know, Newcastle turning up. They'd see normally in the past they'd see that and go, oh yeah, we'll turn these over, no problem. But it's the fact that we've given them a game and they know we're missing all our best players. They, they it know is, that. Chris, you're right because the thing is though, right? And this is this isn't just Newcastle. This is pretty much any football club. We're going back decades here where time wasting has been a thing, right? It and happens you a use, lot. You use, you use, you use, when you're in a situation where you're up against one of the best teams, not just in the Premier League, you know, you talk about world football here realistically, right? You will do anything to get a result. So if you're at 1-1 at Anfield, which is technically, you know, even with the best teams, if you we had our best team, they had their best team out. You would take a point all day long. Yeah. So you know what I mean. So you, there's people having a go at Joel Lynn for when he took the ball to the corner, just keeping the ball in the corner rather than crossing it. And obviously, if the ball had been taken down well by target, you know, we might have got a shot away and we could have been talking about 
two one Newcastle. Do you know what I mean? I know it's all ifs and buts and stuff like that, but um, but the issue was I think the funny thing I actually was actually brought uh, a lot of no, uh, notice there was the complaint about how it was time wasting. But out of all of the forty nine Premier League games this season, yeah, seen that, seen that. That like that game I signed was the ninth highest for the ball in play. Yeah. So I'd like to see what how much that time wasted really did. Do you know what I mean? Considering, uh, you know, if I understand if we were if it was the worst, uh, you know, for, for the amount of time the ball was in play, but it wasn't. You know what I mean? It was a, a good flowing football game, and they just didn't like it that we had the number for ninety seven minutes. They just didn't like it, and that's and what time- the problem. Was. And time wasting, Rich, you're right. Time wasting, you know, is also called game management. And it yeah. makes you wonder if Liverpool were 2 1 up and they were doing it and we were all going, oh, bloody hell, you know, blah, blah. It'd be like, oh, aren't Liverpool playing a clever game here? Oh, Liverpool are really managing this game well, you know, they're, they're, they're taking the sting out of Newcastle, blah, 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 blah. But then when we do it, going to Anfield, picking up a valuable point with a depleted side, we're time wasting. I mean, I don't know whether you saw it, but when Jordan Edison come off the field, he went off, then he come back on, then he went off, then he come back on. And it was like, I think, I think he took like what was it over a minute to get off the pitch? Yeah, he was in no rush to, to to get off. I know, was he? No, no. But the thing is, no. that, you know, like if you go about the time wasting, you not even not a couple of years ago, right? You know, it, you would see a goalkeeper catch the ball, or whatever, and that would be it. The ball was in the hand, and that was it. But now you see the goalkeepers catch the ball, slowly get down to their knees. And then they go and lie on the ball. They all do it. They no. all do it. But I'm saying that but we were talking like three, four years ago, that really wasn't what that happened. This is something that's happened more and more recently. And it's it was it was the likes of Man City and Liverpool that started bringing this in, and then other teams started to use it against them. And they don't like it because we're playing their game against them and they don't like it. Full stop. That's the issue with it all. But it is what it is. I don't know if anyone else has seen uh, a Luke Edwards tweet earlier thinking he's the bee's knees because he's predicted he said that all Newcastle's permanent business was done. So he's if if you've got a chance, go and have a look at look look Edwards thinking he's an absolute smug git, right? Even the pose, he's got like the wink in it, like that, and you think, How oh, am man, for fuck's sake, get a life. Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean but, if we go all the way back to the start of the window, apparently we were gonna spend fifty million. So I know, I but to be fair, you know, Chris, you know, as soon as I saw that tweet, right, I just thought Eddie Howe shot him down in the press conference the other day. He's going to see that tweet. He's going to go, Dan, let's pull the trigger. Just get someone and just to piss him off. <laughs> imagine, imagine. <laughs> Did you talk about um, more outgoings after I got uh, locked out from my my broadband? Then I'm sure you talked about Dubrovka. We didn't. We didn't actually. Did we? Pete? No. We didn't speak about Dubrovka. I think that's the only one you didn't talk about. I, I did hear you uh, were talking about like what's going out and stuff like that and everything. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah well, maybe maybe we should bring it up. Um, yeah. So Apparently, that, the comment stars on on Dubrovka. Dubrovka's made some comments or something on his. Is on his that real? That that where did that come from? Because that that's, someone said uh, the comments from the Chronicle. I know there's been some like dodgy comments, and I don't think he's actually said those. But, uh, I don't um, think it's something that was said to any Newcastle publication. It might be something that's come from a Manchester publication. I don't know, but yeah, they're they're, they're a bit dodgy looking. Um, I, don't, I don't. To be fair, I would have I would have thought that a professional footballer that would be above uh, having a go at two and pulls. To be fair, 
and yeah. saying it's one of their fault. <laughs> yeah, it's not that one. That's a joke. It has to be a joke. But, yeah. Why did two polls decide to say, Nick, but why couldn't it have been Martin Dubrav? Yeah. So he's, he's gone to, to Man United uh, for two million loan fee, fee and with um, six million um, permanent if after a number of games apparently. Uh, so yep, he's he's there now. He's gone. Uh, great servant to the club. Um, came in, it came into us uh, initially on loan, and then we 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 pushed him back a number of years ago. But uh, yeah, he's um, Pope was was out, out has ousted him from um, the number one spot. But um, yeah, it's, it's a pity that that he's that he's decided to go uh, to to be a backup keeper at Man United. Um, I, I know we were kind of talking about this a bit during the the week, but we thought it was a strange one. Um, but and any thoughts, lads? I think the only interesting bit about it really is the release uh, the, the clause that we can recall him in January if you know it isn't <clears throat> Nick Popas or Carl Darlow, for example. Um, I thought that was interesting, and I think if that uh, it's clever by Newcastle to include that. It is. Um, I'm intrigued to so know what, what the clauses are to make it a permanent deal, though. Yeah. If he's potentially going to, to sit on the bench there. Yeah, it's so many appearances, isn't it? And it's. it's you, weird you, you start to think how many appearances, though, Chris, because. Yeah, I know. I know. Do you know what I mean? When you're in number two, unless someone gets injured or they might decide to play him in the Champions League, for example, and be the cup goalkeeper or something like that, mm. especially in the group stages, then. You know, fair it enough. You might more than ten, can it? Surely. Don't know. Surely, because well, he's like, so not going to play in the Premier League. Yeah, there's only thirteen oh. games in tr- between now and the World Cup and the the, the break. So I don't know uh, how how it works out. Um, <laughs> we we might never know what, what that causes unless he comes back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, I. Mean, I uh, I don't know. I feel a bit mixed on it. I think it's a, it, it's a really weird transfer because Man United haven't committed to getting them and we haven't committed to getting rid of them. So it, it, it's kind of like a, a weird deal. It's almost like Man United are borrowing him for a little bit. And if they decide to keep him, they can, but they're getting him for a really low price. But at the same time, in January, we could just turn around. We could sell Darlow and go, right, come on, come back. It, it, yeah. it just just feels like an odd move. I mean, I know some people saying, "Oh, you know, <clears> why is he why is he joining Man United? Um, why is he leaving Newcastle to go to Man United to be a number two? And I do take that point, but let's not forget, you know, Man United's at this present moment in time, Man United's, you know, they've probably they, I feel weird saying this, but you know, they they they're a, they're a big club, really really big club, and for him to be able to say that he's played for Man United. Um, he's probably thinking, well, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind having that on my CV kind of thing. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Man United have got some form of European football this season, haven't they? So I'd imagine yeah. that Dubravka would play in Europe for them. He's not going to get that opportunity. He'll probably get the odd game in the, you know, the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup for us. Um, so he's probably looking at it and thinking, well, do I want European football or just, you know, standard cup football? So he's probably he's probably looking at it like that as well. Not to mention, you know, as I say, he's he's getting the opportunity to compete for the number one spot at Man United. So I I do get it from his point of view, but um, I just think the deal itself's really weird. And I, I it was weird. I, I said a while back that I thought it'd be around eight million, and it turns out that's exactly what it is: two million loan fee 
and then six million if they make it permanent. I'm just checking. Are uh, did Slovakia have scored? Are they? Yeah. Yeah, Sancho. Sancho. Well, I th- I, I think Rogers might go if they get beat tonight. Do you think so? I think this is. And it, like, I mentioned it a while back. I went out with the boys a couple of weeks ago for the AJ fight when they lost to Southampton when Shea scored a couple of goals. And um, the fans want him out. They want him gone. Um, that was then. And they've lost. Did they, who did they play midweek? No, last last weekend, who did they play? Did they lose to Chelsea? Uh, was it Arsenal? Oh, Arsenal, awesome. awesome. sorry. Yeah. No, Arsenal, awesome. Arsenal awesome. was the other week. Uh, who was left? They did lose, I know that. Um, Saturday or Sunday. They played... Chelsea. Lost 2-1 at Chelsea, but they lost to 10 men. That was yeah, the I, that was the issue. That was the ones, yeah. Thought ah, we Chelsea, yeah, so they lost to Chelsea. Yeah. And now at home to Man United. Um, I think that might be that. Might be that. I'm not being funny. Daniel Amati and Jones at centre back. Oh, that's what that's bottom off. That's bottom off Premier League. I'm they, sorry. They brought in the guy today though from Rams. They, they did, and, and he's okay. He's okay. But when you've got Ward in goal, you haven't got a Casper Schmeichel pulling out wonder saves here and there to keep him yeah. in. You remember the FA Cup final when he pulled out a couple of absolute wonder saves to stop okay. Chelsea from winning it. Yeah, he, he, he's not even off the goalkeeper that that Schmeichel is. They could have done with Dubravka. You've just been talking about Dubravka. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can understand that from going there. Yeah, it, ba- it baffles me. I genuinely believe Leicester will finish bottom off. I do. So they've 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 sold Fafana for seventy five million, but by the looks of it, they've clung on to Madison and Tielmans, and they've replaced seventy five million Fafana with a fifteen million centre back. And by the looks of it, I've gone to Rodgers. That's it. You're done. Tell you I what, think... I'll, I'll, I'll make a prediction now. 2 0 at half tight, the man like your Tealman's comes off, he's up the year one. No, Sean said it's all done. It's all done. It's happened now. Tillman's is all about the money. I, I, I think if it wasn't about the money, he'd have gone to Arsenal by now. Um, uh, Arsenal were link, linked with him all summer. We had a couple of spells, but I think I think he's 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 doing what I think he's doing what Lingard's done. Wait till the contract's out, and he'll yeah. get a huge signing on bonus, huge wages, and a team in the Champions League will pay him the money that he wants, and he'll get Champions League football. Um, and I think that's what he's holding out for personally. Uh, we're we're keeping to our structure, and you know, fair play to us. We're we're sticking to our guns even when decent players are available. You know, you, you go back to the Chelsea's, the Man City's, the they'd have had Tillemans in their squad tonight or, or last night. They'd have had him by now. Uh, but we're being we're 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 doing we're going about our business different, and you know, you, although it can be frustrating because you want the likes of Tillemans in your squad, you, you almost got to kind of applaud the owners <laughs> sticking to their guns, and they've yeah. got their philosophy and the way they want to do they want to run their club, and and you 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 can't do anything but respect that. But um, yeah, what would I, what I, would sign and Pete? What would sign and Yori Tillemans for twenty five million, and giving him two hundred grand a week? What 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 kind of message does that send? to yeah. the rest of the squad. It breaks the wage structure first and foremost, which is the key, yeah. which is something that they've banged on about for a lot for a lot a long time. Um but I've got a feeling Leicester will try and force Tillemans out in January. 
Because if they're in the position that I think they're going to be in in January, they're going to want to get money for him because they're going to need it. They'll be gone in the days. Okay, you look at Leicester's team right now. Apart from Madison aside, who by next season will only have one year left on his contract. Madison aside, who is there in that team that you could, I say you could, that Leicester could generate money from? Harvey Barnes. Harvey Barnes is one. That's probably it. But he's come through the academy and the Leicester fans would be in uproar if he left. Um, other, other than that, there's nobody. Vardy's the only one, like, you could, the only one who's the only one who's started to do well is Jewsby Hall, but you still you're not going to get it. I wouldn't say you'd get a, a tremendous fee for him. Thirty max, maybe. Mm-hmm. Johnny, what are you what are you thinking on that, boys? <laughs> Sorry, I, I could, could see it. Yeah. I could, yeah, I could. Okay. He, he was going to leave us to go there. You get, well, at least at least at least Perez will be happy. Hey, yeah. did you see the rumours about Perez to Spurs? That was earlier on in the day. I Tell you what, if that was true, he's had, he's had some lucky moves, mind if you t- think about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Madness. Absolute madness. But yeah, look, we keep we keep plugging away and, and doing our bit. But what do you think about Palace? Weekend. I think we'll win. Bruno should be back, shouldn't he? And yeah, he's had his pictures with his boots on this morning, didn't he? Yeah. Did you notice that uh, there was a picture of Maxi online before with the with the ox in the oxygen mask that Bruno had the other day? So I wonder if it's this is going to be like something that goes on going forward. So you have your mask picture, then you miss a game, you have your boots on, and you know which game is coming back. Yeah, could yeah. be that. Yeah, I reckon Max will be back next weekend. Is that West Ham? West Ham away, yeah. Uh, I reckon he'll be back, but he'll, he'll be back for that one. But to be, do you know what? I thought I thought Fraser had a good game last night. Yeah, he's in his place, I yeah. thought he was fantastic. Yeah, he was. But I tell you what, though, it was a, it was a shame when he went off and Murphy came on though, because he was appalling. Ah, oh, mate, I'm, I'm, just just about to say. I'm done now. I'm done. We need Max. How's he not? How's he not gone out on loan somewhere? Did he? Yeah, I'm done. Because he's got still five years left on his deal. That's why. Yeah, that's that's the only reason why Eddie Howe hasn't let him go. Not because he wants him to stay. It's because they can't get rid of him. Because he's on. To be fair, you could you could say, you could turn around and pay you could pay fifty percent of his wages and kick him out the door. Freeze up a space for someone. Because I tell you what, who's going to pay that? Who's going to pay the other fifty half? Or other fifty percent? The other half of his wages? Who's going to pay? He's a lovely He's a lovely lad, and he tries very hard, but he's he's just not good enough. It's it. You, you said you said it does at the end of squad games. You know, we did the squad games show, and you yeah. were like, Miggy Murphy, bit like that. Now, Miggy's Miggy's up here for oh, me, yeah. and, and Murphy's. Unfortunately, every single performance now I've seen from Murphy, his confidence just looks... We keep hearing that Jamal Lewis's confidence is shot. Jacob Murphy's confidence is completely gone. It's just gone. Do you think, do you think he's watched Squad Game too much, Chris? He, he must have done, mate. He must have done. And he's, he's, we didn't he's not, do a second one. Play. No, we didn't. We didn't. Well, we could do it after the window, couldn't we? So we're going to do it after the window. Hey, we, we, can we do we this did, tonight, yeah. Jess? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, funnily, funnily enough, that was a uh, that was one of the uh, that was one of the questions from Mike Gant. Question for the panel: If we don't sign anyone else, can you name your twenty-five man squad? 
That was one of the questions. That could take a while, that though, Mike. That could be yeah. that could be a, a one-off show, that one, mate. Also, it's tough because you, but you've got to take into consideration things like John Joe Shelby. And obviously Kraft's yeah. not gonna be in the 25-man squad either. Because obviously he's gonna be out, he could he could be out yeah. all season. So you're not gonna put him in the squad. Are you gonna put John Joe Shelby for potentially being in for two games over Christmas? I wouldn't bother. Or would you or would you bother bring him back in January when obviously you're gonna start playing around a bit? Um, yeah. because that means you get you know you, you're carrying a, a, a squad place for was it oh, that that said 13 games you, you're pretty much just someone just yeah. in the squad doing nothing do you know what I mean you might as well you know that, that that's where you, you know that space gets free well it doesn't get free because of his age but Elliot Anderson comes in and stays and do you know what I mean and he's gonna get game time now because of injuries to Shelby and he doesn't look out of place when he's come on he's been doing 10 times better than what Murphy's been doing he comes on. Same for when Wood comes on. He looks a real attack and threat. And he's only going to uh, benefit from playing with these lads week in, week out and train, like Foden did. He never had to have that load at a Premier League club or a top European club or anything like that. Pep kept him in and around the quality players, playing with Bruno every week, playing with Isak every week, playing with San Maximum and Wilson and Joe Linton. That and Trippier and stuff like that, that's going to work wonders for his game. And confidence that he's in and around him every day, and he's getting to play with him. Imagine he's not just warming the bench; he's playing. If he wasn't, if he was just warming the bench, I can see him going on loan. But the fact he's in and around, he's actually playing in the Premier League games. I think he'll stay all day long. Now, he's he's ahead of Murphy for me. Oh yeah, all day long. So so when when Maxi comes back, what you'll find or, or what I expect is is that Elliot Anderson comes on before Murphy. Yeah, um, Murphy yeah. will get pushed right back. Um, and you know what? You know what annoyed me about Murphy more than anything is his lack of effort. His lack of effort to um, track back, to pressure the defenders. He's one of our fastest players, but the way in which he runs and the way in which he tracks players is so lethargic. It just pisses me off. It, it was it, like he'd barely been on the on the pitch ten minutes. And we were under the cosh a little bit. And you would expect him, because we lost the ball high up, to be sprinting back like the likes of Isaac did, the likes of Willett was doing time and time again throughout the game. And he was just jogging back and he was putting, a, he was putting um, target on a two, in, in a two-on-one situation. I'm thinking, hold on a second, you've been on 10 minutes. You should, be, you should have bags full of energy. These guys have been on 60, 70 minutes and are outrunning you. You've got Willock over outrunning him to get back in. Joe Linton the same. And I'm just like, hold on a second. Like, yes, yes, your family are Geordies. Yes, you've got an affiliation to Newcastle. Great. But that so should mean you. that you should be running faster and harder than anyone else for the club because you know what it means to play for the club. He didn't show that last well, time. Well, that's it. That's it, Pete. If you look at if you look at Dan Byrne, Elliot Anderson. Newcastle and Sean Longstaff, all Newcastle fans, you know, and people might have various different thoughts on what Sean Longstaff, but at least he, you know, he's always trying. At least he might not be the best, have the best technical games or whatever, but he always tries. Same with Dan Byrne, you know, he's probably not the quickest stuff, but you will know he puts one hundred and ten percent. He puts his body on the line. Same with Elliot Anderson, he comes on, he can see how passionate he is he's in this short span. Murphy's been here for a while, and he's he's never pulled up trees since he's been here. Mm. You know, you look at his brother as well, and you know, they were saying that his brother was just as good, and he's he hasn't ever left the championship really. 
you know, he came up with Cardiff, but he's he's proven the, his levels, the championship. And I think if we didn't have the ownership structure that we had when we bought him, I don't think we would have bought him, if that makes sense. I don't I think he wouldn't have been on our radar. At the time in which we bought Jacob Murphy, it was very, very well known that Josh Murphy was the better player. And a lot of people, particularly around Norwich fans, were surprised that we brought Jacob Murphy and not Josh Murphy, because Josh Murphy was playing the better football at the time. Um, And I think that's always been something that's hindered Josh Murphy, because I think Josh Murphy then forced his way out. He forced himself a move because Jacob Murphy got his move to Newcastle. So he wanted to force his move out and move away from Norwich. And I think that's hindered his career. I think if we'd assigned Josh Murphy, I think Josh Murphy would have turned out to be a better player for Newcastle. Just my opinion. But there was a lot of talk around that time that we spent 12 million from Jacob Murphy that actually it was a, it was a surprise because everyone was saying, I mean, even remember on Twitter, everyone was saying, why are we not going for jo- Josh Murphy? He's better. So it, it's an interesting one. He's always been limited. Um, he's always been limited, um, Jacob Murphy. But I'm not being funny. He's the only player, the only player that hasn't benefited from Eddie Howe. That tells yeah. you everything you need yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got uh, so yeah. many other players that have made progress under Eddie Howe. So many players. We could go through them all. Jacob Murphy's the one that hasn't. And did you and notice this as well? I don't know if you've seen a piece, but did you notice yesterday Jacob Murphy had come on, was having a shocker down that left, and then when they made the substitution and brought Elliot Anderson on, he brought Murphy over and went, move, you go on the right. And I think that's because he had Trippier behind him, and that's why he yeah. put him on the right. And also as well, you've got to think, how's closer to him on the touchline? To literally, to be able to talk him through, Richie will know this as well. When you've got a player that's not as strong, you want them to be as close to you as possible because you literally talk them through the game because they can't think for themselves. Yeah. Jacob Murphy's that guy. So we had an experience. He had the or, almost the captain on the pitch, vice captain, if you want to uh, be technical, on the pitch, on that side. But also you had the manager to be able to talk him through that's not necessarily a good thing. If you're a professional footballer, you've no, got... No. You, you've that's, got that's, the same as, that's exactly the same as Lascelles, though, Pete. You, when, you look at how much Trippier talks to Lascelles during a yeah. game. He does all right. the time. He does and all you, the time. You're, you're talking about... Obviously, we know how good Trippier is. He's your captain on the pitch. So but he's having to tell the club captain where to be, what to be doing. And it's... It, you know to I mean? be fair, Lascelles was excellent yesterday. Yeah, I thought he did I've, well I've got to say, he what he was excellent yesterday. He he seems to have kicked on again. Look, he's nowhere near starting. I think he knows that. I think it's very clear within the squad where he stands. But I tell you what, I was not full of confidence at all. I thought they're going to really struggle. Dan Byrne and, and Lascelles at the back. I wasn't worried about Dan Byrne. I was worried about Lascelles, but he actually surprised me. He was really good at Tranmere, but Tranmere League too. Fine. Like, you're, you, anyone could be good against them. His boys could play against Tranmere and, and, and be decent. Um, but when you're playing against Liverpool at Anfield, I thought he was very, very good. His clearances, I actually thought he was good on the ball. There was quite a lot of one-touch football from him. He didn't keep the ball at his feet very long. He was able to play those little passages of play, what we saw against Forest. 
where we were playing out of tight positions and playing that one little one-touch football. Chris, you know, because we, we were talking about it in, in the stands. The way we were able to play out of positions in tight spaces, he was able to contribute to that because it's almost like he's developed his game. He had a few long passes, a few drills long that worked. And if you watch him in the warm-up and on BT Sport, they actually were showing the players warming up and he was pinging a couple of balls, long diagonal balls, and he was making them He was making them land inch perfect. You're thinking, okay, warm-up, can you do it in a game? There's a couple of times he did that. And I thought, you know what, fair play to him. Now, he probably won't play on Saturday. And, and rightly so, because Bot, Botman and Shaw are better. They, they are our first choice. But I have to say, yeah, even though he was talk, he is talked through the game because he needs to, for, for the reasons you said, Richie, you're absolutely right. But I just think at least he's listening. At least yeah. he's listening and putting things right and doing things well. We can't say the same for Jacob Murphy. And that's my biggest frustration with him. Was your was your heart in your mouth though? Was it in the was it in the first 10, 15 minutes when Luis Diaz put him on his ass? Did you he see that? Over. It wasn't even Did that he, he slipped. put him on his ass. Yeah. <laughs> it was the opposite the end of the pitch. So I didn't. Yeah. I, all I seen was him go like one way. Diaz went the other way, and he just rolled. And I was like, oh my god, yeah. this is going to keep happening. He, he, did, he, he just slipped. Yeah, oh, it, like it was a slip. Enough. It wasn't. It wasn't fair that Diaz enough. did anything amazing. He didn't. He didn't. But. He slipped and it allowed him in, but I think it was Byrne that was last ditch that used his Fame big, long, dangly legs for his benefit that just just got him out there. And that, that's what a sense about parents all about. You you bail out your you bail out your, your partner and yeah, fair play to him. Just before we move on, I just wanted to say a big shout out to uh, Roy Morton. Um, Cheers, Roy, Roy. Thank you very much for your donation. I know you made it like ages ago at the start of the show, but we started it, mate. And thank you so much. It is most appreciated. Uh, and we've got a new member tonight, which is great. Rocky Decath. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you, Rocky. Welcome, mate. Thank you very much. Um, also, we've got a few questions in the chat, but I wanted to focus on this one because we, we should get back to transfers. Um, and I just wanted your opinion on this one, boys. Ross Barkley could be a last. <laughs> Last gasp edition if he'd take a pay as you play. Not necessarily saying he's going to come to Newcastle, but where do you all think Ross Barkley will end up? Because we know that Chelsea have paid his contract off. So surely before 11 o'clock, he's going to go somewhere. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't need to. Yeah, he doesn't need to. Doesn't uh, to do it tomorrow or next week or next month. But I, uh, I yeah, true. Yeah, because he's a free. Yeah, I suppose because he's a free transfer. But you'd think someone would take him anyway. Who do you think yeah. will take him? I reckon he's going to go to Everton. Back to Everton. Um, back to his boyhood club. Uh, if and I'd say he'd be open to that. Um, whether they'll they need they need him, I'm not sure. Um, I don't think they want him. Yeah, you, I don't think many look, clubs want him. You look at how Everton have acted at the moment. They've just signed Idris Gay from PSG. They've already bulked up their midfield. I think if they if they could have had Ross Barkley, which they could have for a cheap deal. They'd have had him by They're very now. cheap now. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting one. Interesting. Yeah, it, it'll, yeah, it'll play, probably play on for a while. He's, at this stage, he'll, he'll wait. And you know how, how clubs go, oh, the, the, like Barkley will become a, a rare commodity now in the next couple of days because he's he's one that could can, can still still move. But no, I wouldn't see have Newcastle going from no it's back a couple of years ago yes it would have been uh, definitely yes but no he's um he's kind of edging towards the the Deli Alley kind of uh, mode now um probably too much too young 
It wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't surprise you if he goes on like a overseas tonight. Obviously, it's, you wouldn't have expected Delhi Ali to go over to Turkey, would you? Realistically, when he was yeah. talked about what two years ago, go to PSG, and then he, two years later he's going to Turkey. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like uh, he's 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 always been taking lessons off Mesut Ozil. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> type of things. Jeez, I, I forgot about him. Yeah, What's his contract. He was out for the match, and they terminated his contract. Jesus Christ! Honestly, since he left Arsenal, I forgot. I forgot he even existed as a footballer. Yeah, and this this, this is the fun fact that this is the fun fact, though, Pete. Did you know that Mesut Ozil is the highest paid footballer of all time? It's incredible. Jesus. Surely not. Of his wages, apparently from all these moves and they sign non-fees oh, and everything like that when you add it all up. Unreal, man. Unreal. I it's like what, it's what? like this Abamyang deal that's been talked about at Abamyang, you know, there's been pictures of there. Yeah. there. Yeah. And you think Arsenal Arsenal paid to get him out the club. They paid, they yeah. let him go on a free. And he's gone to Barcelona. I've got to be honest, I don't know what he's done at Barcelona like I've not been following it I'll be honest um, but Chelsea Chelsea are now paying a fee for him and I'm thinking and he can't he can't pay for three weeks either yeah because his jaw he's oh, broke, yeah. he broke his jaw he's, uh, his yeah, house got burgled oh really Jesus. yeah he got got his uh, jaw broken when his house was burgled Christ so he can go I think he can return to non-contact training next week apparently so Oh, that's that's terrible man to hear that. That's awful. But um, you know, it's it it's just a funny signing. It really, really is. I, I don't get it. And I, I think he must be he must be, you know, rubbing his hands together thinking, Great, another nice big signing on uh, fee for me, more big wages for me. It's crazy. And Barcelona must be thinking ten million for that. That'll do. It's gonna be a three a three year contract as well. Two two plus Jesus one option. Christ. Isn't isn't Alonso part of that deal? Yes. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. So it's ten million plus Alonso. Yeah, ten million plus Alonso. Yeah. Oh, and really? Arsenal paid them off. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so what, hey. what's Alonso worth? About fifteen million. Arsenal through the years, how many how many players walked out? Uh, like the contracts went down. And, uh, they've lost so much in um, money in that club for, for ages. Now. They've made good signings this summer, and Arteta has them has them playing well. But they do have tough games coming up over the next the next five games or so are really tough. Um, yeah, they haven't really played anyone at the minute. Arsenal. Yeah. Wow. Hey, look at this from Magda Bates. Didn't know this. Where do you reckon Josh Murphy is? Oxford. He said, yeah. Wow, crazy! That's a fall again. And, and, and as Pete just said, Josh was the better of the two. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It just goes to show how look and yeah. you know transfers and how that can dictate a player's career. Like Josh Murphy was was purely considered the better quality of player at, at, at Norwich. He was the better of the two. And yeah. you know, <laughs> the, the funny thing, the funny thing is, Pete, it, it seems to be with that transfer. You can you, you can imagine it being a transfer that Joe Kinnear would do, wouldn't you? You'd go down to the Norwich trading gal. He says, "I'm here to get that Murphy lad." He goes, "Which one?" I don't know. Yeah, I'm coming to get Murphy, and they've got oh, we'll, we'll give him the shit one instead. Eh? Yeah, but he's got great. <laughs> we pay twelve million for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I want to bring up another topic, lads. That we, we, I'm not sure you got to it earlier, but uh, Federico Fernandez, he looks like he's going to go on loan uh, as well. There was talk. Elche. 
Elche, yeah. And a couple of days ago, there was Stoke, and I saw in somewhere else, the Coventry were mentioned as well. But yeah, it looks like he's going to go out and loan. You'll be sad to see him go, Chris. I will, mate. Yeah, I've I've always liked Freddy Fernandez. I I think he's been a good servant, um, an absolute bargain as well. By the way, anywhere anywhere between four and six million. I think he did a great job. One one of Rafa's really really good signings. Oh, was it was it Rafa or was it? No, no. Was I, Rafa, thought we bought, it? I thought we paid ten million from. No, no, no. Um, there was rumours for that. Yeah, it was between four and six million, ah. if you believe it. Um, from Swansea and it, fantastic signing. I still I still like him now. I really do. Um. And I think it's a, it's a good signing for anybody who gets him. Uh, he's probably still got another season, season and a half in him, I think. Um, but yeah, sad to see him go. But equally, you know, we need to get the numbers down, don't we, boys? And you know, I think we are we are going with Charles, Ells, Bain, and Botman. Um, and then Dummett is the fifth choice. So really, we don't need Feddy, do we? So yeah, one of one of them, I'm afraid. But good savings, and I, I was a fan of him. Cool. Yeah. <sighs> I didn't realise he had another year on his contract. I thought his contract ran out in the summer. Doesn't I wasn't too sure, to be fair. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out here. But no, he's, he's got another year. He yeah, must no, have, yeah, he must have. They, yeah. they, said, they said he's got another year, which is why he's going on loan for a season. A little bit yeah. like Tom. He's got to the end of this season. Yeah. 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 Wow. <sighs> but yeah, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's about time. We need to move forward. Wages off the wage bill, all the rest of it. If it adds to what we can spend in January, I'm all for it, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you see that Keith Downey's literally set a tweet out a minute ago? Yeah. Oh, God, what is a pitch? Uh, 115 million spent this window by Newcastle United with four new signings strengthening the starting 11, smashing a transfer record for Alexander Isak, the jewel in the crown. Um, a lot of people are presuming that's us done, done and dusted now with him putting that out. Still doesn't mean we're not going to do something that's a loan deal, as I know, as we keep saying that that can be done at any time pretty much up till, you know, 11 o'clock, the easy to do. But it, it sort of rules out any possible permanent transfers coming in for, for sure. Nothing permanent is happening now. Again, it goes back to what we were saying, doesn't it? You know, if it's the right player, right price, right time, I'm sure we'd do it. And obviously, you know, there's players out there that maybe we were after and they've not come to fruition, so the club have got right out. You know, we might take a risk on a loan, but we're not signing anyone permanently because the players we want aren't available. Yeah, I think that's fair. Did you yeah. talk about uh, Isak's performance at all earlier on? I, I didn't didn't catch all the first hour just to get everyone's opinion on how good he was last night. We didn't we didn't focus on him directly, Rich. So kick us off, mate. Kick I just thought he was. I just thought he was absolutely immense. Um, you know the, how calm he looked to, for that. Uh, the, his, his first goal was just impeccable finishing. You know, first touch lifted over so calmly with pace as well. It wasn't just like a chip. It was, a, you know, it was a hell of a finish. We, we even I was sitting next to Martin's brother-in-law, who's a Liverpool fan, and he was raving about the finish. He just thought it was absolutely phenomenal finish. Um, but even like you know, he's pressing, leading the line, putting the pressure on Van Dijk and Gomez. Um, I didn't think Gomez looked settled at all last night, and I, I think if he could have probably pushed on, worked on him a little bit. But you know, you, you go for the uh, the goal that was disallowed, and there's a lot of times you think, you know, I think it's because of probably the, the sort of forwards we've been used to watching over recent years. You see him running down towards the byline when he's in the box, 
and you think you're running into it just a, a you know the dead end where you, where are you going then all of a sudden you see these two calm collected cutbacks one that leaves a defender on his ass he comes inside and then uh, as Martin's brother said you've got to remember Allison's one of the best one-on-one goalkeepers in the world not just the Premier League the world and the second finish was even better than the first and Allison was nowhere near either of them. He's just got this cool carb. He's going to be seriously. He's just different class. And I know there's probably a lot of people out there who might not have seen as much of him. And um, you know, go back if and watch the Sembra Hunter comments what we put on there last week about him when we, we obviously found out we'll see. And she said he'd be perfect for Newcastle the way that Eddie Howe wants to play. He's just phenomenal. And you know, seeing like your talk sport pundits, the strikers saying. You know, he's not like your Erling Haaland, but he's the next level down from there and he's going to be a huge success. And I said to Martin last night, he's got that monkey off his back by scoring on his debut at Liverpool. You know, you've you've had, you've had been marked up against Van Dijk, one of the best centre-halves in the world. You couldn't, but apart from obviously getting the sort of the game, on a personal note, that was probably one of the best, what you could probably hope for, best debut for a team. And obviously now he's got to take that to get a home debut on Saturday, and he can you know gain that extra confidence of what he did last night for that 65, 70 minutes last night. Um, he was just phenomenal. I don't know what you thought, Pete. Um, yeah, I have to agree. Um, I remember saying when he signed, uh, I could see um, Alexander Isak playing more than Callum Wilson, and I think. Last night proved it. Um, for me, I love Callum Wilson. You guys know how I feel about him as a striker. He's a top top striker. But when you've got when you've got someone who's twenty two years old, that's just as fast as Callum Wilson, that's better in the link up play than Callum Wilson, and he's a better finisher than Callum Wilson, you have got a better player there. And he showed every everything of those three aspects. Last night, he was brilliant. He pressed, he ran, he led the line better than I've seen a lot of players lead the line. Now, if you look at, particularly the first half, there were long spells of that first half where where Alexander Isak was was so far away from the rest of his team in terms of how far he was separated from his midfield, but it didn't matter. He was pressing Gomez. Gomez was not good, by the way. Isaac made him look dreadful. He had a he had a torrid time as as the right centre back, and even uh, Van Dijk struggled. He struggled with Amiron. He struggled with Isaac. They they were not on their game at all, and we made them that way. Now for me, Alexander Isaac, the one thing I noticed about him is that he's got such power on his shots. He hits the ball with so much ferocity. He is um, a natural finisher. Like if you look at Callum Wilson's finishes, a lot of flicks, a lot of places, a lot of stuff inside the box. Alexander Isaac can finish inside the box, outside the box. It doesn't matter. He can put the ball away, however. But it puts it away with pace, with power. And he proved that last night. The way he finished that that chance was unbelievable. Um, it's a fantastic finish. You've got so much confidence in him. And I felt as, as the game went on, 
everyone in the team felt more and more confident with him in the team. I also noticed there was a real connection there with him and Willock. Him and Willock have already sparked up a, a, an understanding, whether it's a friendship or whether... Did you see that at the start of the game, Pete, when they were doing the, you know, like the shake hands and stuff? You could see Isaac, uh, or Isaac, you could see at the start, <laughs> like he was winking and they were like hugging, but yeah. you could see that friendship, I agree, you could see it. I noticed it when he scored. Like, Willock yeah. was the first one to him. And he waited for him, and and the way they embraced was more than they than he embraced with any other player. They've got a connection already, which is yeah. good for for Willick. They've got an understanding, um, and I think and trip, yeah. Uh, he yeah, did trip, that. He did well. it at half time as well when he came back out. Half time, he came yeah. back out at half time. But I'm not. It's it's it, it's actually quite for me. I think it's actually clever thinking by Willick because if you look at that midfield three. He's potentially the one who's there or thereabouts would be replaced if someone was likely to come in. If he can strike up a really good relationship and rapport with Isak on and off the pitch, it sort of tries to solidify him in that midfield three, if that makes sense as well. You know, if he can have that connection, you know, if they're working and training on layoffs or, you know, balls into feet and stuff like that. You know, Eddie Howe's going to see that and it's going to put it like propel him a bit higher than like Longstaff. You know, is it you know, it's not going to be you know, between Willick and Longstaff, it's going to be Willick and then Longstaff comes and if there's an injury sort of thing. Um, it's I think it's really really clever by Willick if, if that's what if he's done that for his own back, it's, he's he's looking after himself there as well as nurturing the club record signing as well. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree, Rich. I think, uh. I think it's good when certain players strike up relationships. I mean, we saw, didn't we? Um, and I think Peter, it was you that highlighted it. The relationship between Bruno and Maxi, that that was evident at the very start. Um, and these players, you know, when they have those links and you know they they communicate more out outside the pitch. I think it's a good thing. Um, I mentioned about the relationship between Isaac and Trippier. You, you can see that as well. Maybe it's a La Liga thing. I don't know. Obviously, they, they will have come across each other in La Liga. Um, but with with Isaac, it was um, it was just interesting to see how comfortable he looked. He did that. Didn't look like his debut. It looked like he played 10, 20, 30 games for Newcastle, um, and it certainly bodes well. And you know, we we discussed this weeks, months ago, didn't we, lads? Saying, you know, we were looking for. Um, a young understudy to Callum Wilson, somebody who, you know, could be there when Callum Wilson's out. And then because, and I think it was Pete who said it uh, last week or the week before, because the trust has been put by Eddie Howe in Callum Wilson and Callum Wilson's got injured again, somebody has pushed the button and gone, do you know what, we need a replacement. We need somebody in who's going to challenge or possibly be better than Callum Wilson. And I think that's what we've brought in now. I think that position now is got to be won back by Callum Wilson because I think Isaac, based on what we've seen, is going to be the main man going forward. Yeah, I agree. Just I, to I, keep I, you updated, you know, you were saying about Den Donker before, Pete. Uh, looks like Wolves have got their replacement. They've agreed a deal with uh, for Bubek Etriori, nine and a half million. Uh, it's a lower than nine and a half million option to buy. Mm. I think that's a quite a good figure for him, mind. Yeah, it's not bad, not a bad figure there. But Dendonka would have been would have been good for us. 
in yeah. terms of what we needed for that sort of. Um, that I was surprised by when, when we got linked at the weekend with Den Donker and the amount of Wolves fans that were turned around saying he's not good, he's <clears> not good. I would have been interested to hear little Dan's point of view on mm. his viewpoints on Den Donker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you got to remember Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe can improve players. It's very, very clear that Bruno Large doesn't want to improve improve players. He just wants improved players to be brought in. And there's a difference between a player, a manager buying players in to improve the squad, and a, and a manager coaching players to be better. Um, Dendonka, when he came in, was a very, very good player. Like Dendonka was one of the reasons why they got European football at the beginning. So. He's gone from European football and then they've drifted and then dropped as a club. That's not on Dendonka. That's on everything else in and around him. For me, I think he's a good player and I think he could do a really good job. And I think he he probably it's probably the right time for a fresh move. I just didn't want it to be to Villa. <laughs> I don't want him strengthening Villa's team whatsoever. Hold on, hold on. Come on, no, no, no. come on. <laughs> There's a link the link in here, right? So Chelsea and Juventus have signed the, the contracts for Dennis Zakari. Uh, so that's from uh, Fabrizio Romano. But so that's that leaves the door open now for a, the potential for Conor Gallagher. So you imagine if if there was something going to happen, it, it would be happening in the background when, and, and, and that's uh, done. So yeah. Uh, quick question quick question for you boys. <coughs> Let's say Conor, Gall- Conor Gallagher comes through the door. Does Conor Gallagher play as the six or the eight? Eight, eight. For, for me. Uh, but but in the last game, like, uh, and we've just been talking about it, Joe Willock, he, he's played really well. So, yeah, but it's a good a good option to have when we mix it's a match and, and yeah. just off the bench and injuries and so on. For and he can he can play, but yeah, eight for me. You have to remember, Conor Gallagher scored. What was he scored between eight and ten goals last season? Yeah. Impressive from that similar position, like, like that. That's the kind of they're the kind of goal scoring um stats that we want Joe Willett to get. And I know he got them in, in his loan spell when he was there from Arsenal, but you know, that was very much a, a, a kind of like a standout moment. But over the course of a season, Conor Gallagher proved at Palace that he could score goals from that from that eight position. His ability to press, his ability to win the ball high up, he's good on the ball. He can score a goal from distance or or in and around the box. He is what you need as a number eight, and he would be a really good addition, providing that he was coming in knowing that he was going to play regular football. And I think he would he would he would test Joe Willock. It would either make Joe Willock better or not. But equally, if we got Callum, uh, sorry Conor Gallagher in there. I think Conor Gallagher would be in a position where he could score goals for us and improve our midfield. Um, so let's see, let's see. It's um, you know, there's still a little bit of time, but let's see. Would you, you boys just took him? Yeah, I would have taken taken him as well. Um, I know he didn't play much for Roma when he when he went there last, uh, but yeah, I think it would have been an option. But sorry, I was just going to go back to Conor Gallagher and, and just link it to Chelsea. Uh, whatever about us filling out a 25-man squad, Chelsea are going to have some job picking their 25-man squad. How many do they have to choose from? It, it's ridiculous. Like it's... But the thing and, is, and though, have... as well, Daz, the other thing is, you, you know, we're saying about uh, Zakaria coming in. Who's to say that uh, they'll actually let Gallagher go? You know, I know. there's also yeah. the point that you've got... You know, Pulisic, for for example, 
you know, you because obviously they're bringing Aubameyang in, or does that free up Roger to become available? Do you know what I mean? There's bringing up Aubameyang in and Zakari, there's it, it frees up potential. You know, there's these people who are on the fringes of the, the first team squad for. You know, Pulisic, he needs to be playing first-team football with the World Cup coming for the US national team. It, it, you know, he, he has to be. So, you know, if Kyle Gallagher is going to be in and around the, uh, the Chelsea team, you know, that it may affect his England chance for the World Cup. But to be fair, he's only just got into the England squad at the moment. You know what I mean? He hasn't, he hasn't been, you know, like a... You know, a long-standing member of that squad. So would he would he make the the uh, the final twenty-three or whatever it is when it gets around to it in November anyway? But I said, who would you who would you prefer? Would you would you would you all want Gallagher? Do you think the need in midfield, or would you go for someone like Pulisic? Because obviously we've highlighted how bad Murphy is, and you haven't really got a backup on that right-hand side. Uh, obviously, we know that Fraser can play either either flank, but obviously if if you lose Miggy and you obviously we've lost uh, Maxi, you, you haven't really got anything there as such. You know what I mean, you've got Fraser and you then you rely pretty much really on Elliot Anderson to play out there. And to me, he's not really a wide forward. He's more of a central you know, number ten type player. So I don't know what, what would you what do you think? What, what do you lads think? I think. Um, I think if, if we had the option of where we'd improve the team, I think it, it would be in the wing areas, either left or right, predominantly right, because I think Fraser is more of a left winger, as you said. I think Fraser is, is a backup to Alan St. Maximin, but what you'd want, you'd either want a first choice right winger, and Moussa Diabe was that talk in the, in the summer window. Then it was um, Madison as a potential to play that that position as a starter. But I think as the season's gone on, I think the way in which Miggy's been playing, you wouldn't then have minded a backup to Miggy to have someone in there. Like a Lucas Moore, if he came in, he could be a starter or a backup to Miggy and be another option that was much better than Jacob Murphy. So I think if we had the option, it would be that. But actually, I think what's... After Sunday at Molyneux, what it proved is that when Bruno is not in the team, we do lose a lot of what our midfield is about. Yeah. And yes, it wasn't shown too much at Anfield, but in games like, for example, Saturday, which is why I think Bruno Gamerez is so important for Newcastle United, we need him back on Saturday. The reason being is because... We're not playing Liverpool on Saturday. We're not playing a team that are going to dominate possession and pushes and pushes and pushes where we can hit them on the counter-attack. At times, Palace are going to sit in deep. They did it in Anfield and did it really, really well and end up getting a point. So we need a midfielder that is not all action, press the ball high, 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 which Bruno can do. We need Bruno to be the guy that's going to unlock Palace's defence with a, a ball-splitting pass or a pass that's going to create an opportunity, or someone that's going to get a goal. Do I think Longstaff's that guy? Probably probably not in this type of game, where a team is going to set up really defensively. He got the assist against Liverpool, but Liverpool were very much an attacking team. This Palace team will sit in and try and soak up the pressure to hit us on the break. And I think you need a certain level of quality to be able to do that. And that's where I think Bruno becomes more important. If you've got Conor Gallagher, 
you then have got someone that can score from distance. You've got someone that's combative. You've got someone that can arrive in the box. You've got someone that can do that job better than maybe someone like um, Sean Longstaff. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> quick question for you, boys. Um, just that quick one, because I've just seen it flashed up on Sky Sports News. Would any of you have taken Dan James on loan from Leeds? As yeah, a, as a Ted Murphy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm <laughs> that, that, I just took him on loan. That's as a strange one, Chris, because he was, he was linked to Spurs as well there uh, for for a time. Um, so that yeah. is a strange... Um, I bet it's a good sign for full. Good sign. Yeah, it's a good sign, yeah. Um, and the... And and getting away from your question, Chris, but the other one uh, from Chelsea was uh, Zidic. He's he's still there as well. He's he's yes, still yeah. there. So. Yeah. There's plenty of players All there. All these players are mega money, and they're not getting the game. It's yeah. crazy, crazy, madness. It really is. Pete, I want to ask you because I know we, we covered this guy in the transfer uh, in the flu transfer shows, Bamba Dieng. What did you make of his scenario this afternoon? I don't know whether you actually heard about it. But he he was all set to get on the plane to Leeds for agree a deal, and right. literally as he's getting on the plane, Nice put an offer in for him, and he decided to go to Nice. <laughs> so they're waiting nice. for him at the airport, and he's. Not- <coughs> oh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Honestly, these guys will go either they'll either go where the money is, or they'll go where they feel comfortable. And staying in France is comfortable for him. I yeah. think if he, I think if there was a choice between Newcastle and Nice, I think it'd come to St James's Park. Yeah, yeah. personally, but I, I, that's just my opinion. I just think yeah, you get certain players that are either chase the money or chase the status of the club that they're going to. Now, in this country, Leeds' status is still up here in terms of them as a club, but to people outside of England. Lee's status is down there. Lee's status is of a status of a, of, a, of a newly promoted side, a little bit like Forest, And that's where it's a little bit different. Um, so am I surprised? Not really. If that's the case and he's chose to stay at Nice. And Nice are not a bad team, to be fair. They're always fighting at the top end of the Premier yeah. of, 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 of League A. Um, can, compared to leads that are fighting at the bottom end or the bottom half of the Premier League. Now, they've had a good season, but is that going to last? Let's let's wait and see. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bam Diang is going to be wanting to be part of a team that's playing regularly um, at the highest level. He's going to want to have opportunities to score goals. Now, you've got Bamford up there. Okay, Rodrigo's got injured. <laughs> But you've got Bamford as another option, and you've got one or two others as another option, which means that he might not play all the time, and that might be part of his thinking. If he got offered Nice and said, "Right, you're going to play every week for us. You're going to be the main man," maybe that's why he chose to go there. Can I come in on that question, Chris? Uh, just about uh, do the panel think we'll go back in for players in the next few minutes? One I wanted to mention is Joe Pedro because there was it last night or the night before I can't remember. Uh, I was watching uh, Watford play Borough, and uh, they were playing in uh, the I think it was a hundred year anniversary kit, but it was black and white, so it looked very similar yeah. to Newcastle. But uh, I know it's in the Championship, but he played really, really well actually. Uh, got one assist. And uh, for Sar, and he also he he he, said he should have got he got another assist because he did all the work and they didn't finish it. But he looks he looks really good actually. Uh, not now that I'm 
paying attention to him, let's say. But I wouldn't mind if we did go back for him in, in, in January. Could be where I mean, the money. There's a few. You, you can, you know, if if the interest in Telemans has been genuine or not, you, you know, I know he's going to have an option to, you know, start to talk to overseas clubs and stuff like that. But he might not get any offers that are, are good enough that for him, you know, for that are all potentially overseas. And if you can see if Newcastle continue doing as well as how they've started so far, and it looking good for the second half of the season, because obviously one of the talk was when Rob Dorsett was on Sky earlier on, he'd said that. Newcastle really wasn't an option for him because they couldn't offer him European football or Champions League football. That's what he wants this time Absolutely. his career. And um, he was to say we're not in the mix for European football in January. To you know to to bring him in and say, look, let's kick on. You can see what we've done in the space of like what fourteen months with Eddie Howe there. You know, so you could you know you could do that argument now with him. You know, you look at the performances we've had the first the first five games of the season. You could do that now. But obviously, when you get a January, it might be a little bit easier. If you're in this similar position or or higher and better, you've been playing better teams and getting good results. It's an easier sell to people like that who haven't got, you know, a particularly good history of Premier League football. You know, his history of Premier League football might be five to ten years. Do you know what I mean? And not thinking how, you know, you go back to the, the 90s and then obviously it's the Bobby Robson time and stuff. So, be interesting. But, yeah, we've, we've said before, we're not afraid to leave someone to the window after uh, you know, they were, they're prepared to walk away from the, the ESAC deal at the start of the summer and they only went back in because they, they lowered the demands and so they could pull the trigger on the deal now rather than January. Oh, is this the breaking news? No, it's uh, it's not great news. Um, it's, it's from oh. Pete Graves' uh, tweet there um, 55 seconds ago. In UFC, with a handful of plates spinning earlier today but unable to make breakthroughs thus far and looking unlikely now, they are very happy with the business overall. We'll post my reflections on Instagram and my walk home shortly. So if there was something happening, Pete, it's day in the office, I think. Um, so it looks like it's, it's done. Yeah. It's been a good window, boys. Broke our transfer records. Yeah. I'd rather have signed the right players than just sign anyone. No offense yeah. to the list. This has been the best two windows we've had in, what, 14 years? Yeah, exactly. We, we, exactly. Beggars can't be choosers because we, we haven't got someone in on deadline day. I know there's all this big for all of a deadline day and all of the action and Newcastle haven't been there for the last 15 years. But you've got to actually look, we've we've done some really good business in January in this month so far. So it's not like we're sitting here going, oh, we didn't get anyone deadline day. Or we've you know, scraped a lot to try and get hammers of chowdry over the line or whatever. You know, there's still a few people on Twitter going, I can't believe we've got nobody in today, and then just not realising where we are in the space of 12 months. It's just shocking. Yeah. And it's not for the one to try, is it? It's not for the one yeah. to try. I, I, said, uh, I, said to you, I said to you guys, on, I think on a fully transfer show, um, I mentioned that there seems to be an expectation from Newcastle fans this summer that we're going to go out and sign five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players, a little bit like, Forest, but maybe not as much much as Forest, and and that's all well and good early on, but what you're going to find is in the future windows, and this might be something that we need to get used to as fans is that Newcastle United are going to go out and sign four, five, six, seven players, and have that type of turnover. We've needed it in January in this summer because we needed to freshen up the squad, and there's a lot of players that needed to move on to bring better players in. What you're going to find is is that 
in January, we might only sign one or two. In the next summer, we might only sign two or three in the whole summer. And what you're going to find is those players are going to be quality and they're going to really improve the squad or the team. But other teams are going to go out and maybe sign three, four, five players. Why? Because they're going to need to, because they're really going to improve the squad. But we're not going to be in that position. You look at Man City. Man, Man City have signed three or four players. But they had to wait two years to sign Erling Haaland. And look what he's done since there. Sometimes we're going to have to be patient in order to get the right players, like like you you boys have mentioned. And I think, you know, it, it, there's going to need to be a realisation that there has to be a little bit of patience at some point. So you, to- you, the perfect example of that, Pete, right, is they waited two years to get the right number nine striker, but everyone keeps forgetting that they also blew £100 million on Jack Grealish, who has not done anything since he's went there. Exactly. So it's not always the good thing in terms of splashing a lot of money. Now, we've spent £50 million on... Uh, 58 million, should I say, on Alexander Izak, and I think he'll be probably some of the best business we've done as a club because I think he's going to come in and score a shed load of goals. But like you said, Grealish, not great money. They were willing to sell Bernardo Silva. Bernardo Silva's been an absolute revelation this season since he's come in the team at Man City. And sometimes it's about going with what you know. So, yeah, we could have gone and bought another right winger today. We could have bought Lucas Moura. But the way that which Miggy's playing, you're probably going to want to see what Miggy's going to do in the games to come and to see if he's actually going to make those improvements and not just put performances in, but put goals and assists to his performances. Let's see how he works out that way. And sometimes that can work out 10 times better than just going out and buying a player to replace a player. Tell you what, I think I know that in the chat we're saying possibly right round the show. I want to ask one last question. It's a fun, fun question, right? And all you've got to do is give one name. And it's because of a conversation that Martin had with his brother-in-law last night. He reckons that Alexander Isak will score more goals than Mo Salah this year. Do you agree? Ooh. This year? Yeah, this season. This season. Right, no, okay. Martin thinks he will. Uh, that's a tough one. But... I'm going to say no. No more salad score more. Chris? Uh, do you know what I mean? It's a great question because, like I said, uh, you know, earlier on in the show, the last the last four games I've seen from Salah, he doesn't look at it. He really, really doesn't. Um, who would have thought, if you'd have said to someone, you know, say you had the blindfold on and your headphones in all day, and you went, oh, Liverpool have just been Bournemouth 9-0, and then you'd go, how many yeah. of those were scored by Salah? How many of those were assisted by Salah? And I did that. Nothing. <laughs> you, if you'd have said nothing, you'd have gone, nah, you're a liar. It's impossible. I know. Um, I just having them captain your fancy football team, and you see <laughs> Haaland scoring a hat-trick in the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, well, tell you what, I'm gonna say because we're bouncing and because we're buzzing and because of what I saw last night, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Isaac. I'm gonna say Isaac. Is this okay. just Premier League goals, by the way? Yeah, pre- Premier League goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Premier League goals. Pete on the fence. It's a tough <laughs> one, isn't it? It's a great question. I don't think Salah's gonna have a great season. No. I thought I thought that from early on. I don't think he's going to have a great season. I think he's going to be close between those two. Um, oh God! Let Let's go, Isaac. Why not? 
Why not? What did you yeah. say, Richie? I think Isak will as well, to be fair. I was that impressed with him last night. I was really, really impressed with him last night. If he can do that to Liverpool, on his debut when he doesn't even have any really built-in chemistry with his, his teammates yet and hardly trained with them, what's he going to be able to do when he's on the same wavelength of them every single week? With Maxi and Bruno? Yeah. What was just before we finish? What, what was really interesting about that goal, and we didn't talk talk about it. Sorry, got the hiccups. Um, is that that run that he made to score was the same run that he could have made if he was playing on the right hand side of midfield. So yeah. that run that he made in between the the centre back yeah, and yeah. Uh, the, the two centre backs is the same type of run that he could have made if he was playing in Miggy's position in comparison to being the main striker. So regardless of whether Callum Wilson comes back in, he could still make that run and still score the goals, um, which fills me with a hell of a lot of confidence. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As far as playing Sturge earlier as a free agent, you know, how, many, how many did this sign? Oh, God. Who? Uh, yeah. <sighs> yeah, they've got well, Nico Williams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's right, crazy. They could be Batchway as well, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're close. We we, we round the our transfer window uh, off, and um, and it would just who who we got? We got Matt Target from Villa for twelve million, Nick Pope from Burnley for ten million, uh, Sven Botman from Neil for thirty five million, and a few youth development players in Jordan Hackett, uh, Charlie MacArthur from Kilmarnock. Alex Murphy from Go United, um, Jude Smith from East East Fife, uh, East Fife massive member uh, uh, from uh, the um, the music show we had a long time ago, Lord of Football Weekly. Yeah, uh, who was the who was the guy's name again? Uh, the can they give him now? Oh, Phil Charlotte. Yeah, Phil Charlotte. That was it. Yeah, that's his club. And uh, the big one, Alexander Isaac, uh, for fifty eight to sixty three million. So. A decent window, and all our our fully loaded transfer shows are along the way as well. Uh, so I think we, we kept people entertained uh, right through the summer, at least. Um, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so, right? Yeah. As soon yeah. as we go off something to break, but if it does, we we we'll jump back on again. We'll set up another quick show uh, yeah. as well. I just want to say, just before, obviously. Massive thanks to Kamal, 199 Super Sticker. But I just want to say just a massive thank you to everyone that has come on the full of the transfer shows over the last 12, 13 weeks. You know, Jordan, um, obviously, and Lee especially. Um, the likes of Graham Bailey, Samra Hunter. We've got Simon Bird, you know, Pete Graves. We, we could go through the list. Uh, there's been so many that have come on and jumped on. Dom Scare as well. Um, uh, Charlie Bennett, we, we could carry on. Um, you know, those shows have, 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 have really, really kind of made our summer, really. And it's kept us going, it's kept us informed. Those guys as well have kept us in the loop, not with kind of in the know stuff, but also from a factual point of view, from their journalism experience and what their contacts are and what they know. So, Massive thanks to all of all of those guys that have come and contributed on the channel. Really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Do some housekeeping, Daz. Sorry? Do some housekeeping. Do some house. Oh yeah. 
I almost <laughs> forget this bit. Uh, I want to. I want to press that breaking news button one more time before we go off. But um, maybe it won't be. It won't be tonight. But yeah, shout out to <laughs> shyburns.com and the range that uh, Simon has available. Simon was in the chat here. He's he's t-shirts and hats uh, with a contribution going towards mental health, and also there are. The loaded range. There is the loaded T-shirt number one, uh, in a variety of different colors, and loaded T-shirt number two, uh, with the, with uh, Pete's famous line. Here it is. Here's the T-shirt. The Brazil one. Everyone's going to want this for for the World Cup when you shout non Brazil for the World Cup, like me. Uh, there we go. Uh, What's that? How does Disney lad? He's a lot to do, a lot to do to get to get in. Here we go, here we go. Uh, but yeah, uh, lovely colors of t shirt, and of course, it's the the loaded mug and bottle, uh, as well. Also, a shout out to Pins and Prints and the range from Dean, which everyone is probably sick of looking at these pictures at this stage, but there there should be new ones out by now. I hope there is. Um, also to Marty and Machine House, and we have to get Marty on now. The transfer window is open, uh, over, so uh, uh. Good to, to see him. So we'll be chatting him for loads of times. We must uh, get get him on and uh, do giveaways as well. And the range he has available and the hoodies and the t-shirts. Um, so check that out if you haven't done so already. And there is also I put uh, there's a discount code as well for Shy Barnes Machine House and Pins and Prints ten percent discount when you use the code Loaded Mag. That seems to be it, lads. We will be back um, in the next. Uh, it could be tomorrow, it could be the day after, I'm not no idea. But uh we'll be back sometime soon. Oh, uh, um away days. Um away days, uh I've just had confirmation that we we can run an away days tomorrow night. Oh lovely. Um cool. for the palace game, um seven thirty. Um and it's with uh D from um um back of the nest, if I'm right in thinking. Back, back of the nest. Back of the nest. Yeah, um, it, I think it might actually be T from from the United States. I think we had him on the last time round, and um, he was really really good guest. So, um, just confirmed that, um, yeah, just confirmed in the last hour that they could make it. So, um, yeah, stick around for a little bit of away days uh, tomorrow night. Okay, big Thank shout out to Mike. Thank you very much for the donation, Mike. Appreciate Thanks, that. Mike. Thank you. Thanks for that. And you know what, Pete, while you're talking about it, I'll just quickly upload the picture because I I predicted that that's who the way they guess to be and have the posters, like the many posters I did this summer that I ne- nobody ever got to see. I could do a show on the posters that never, never, no one ever got to see. But here, here's the one for uh, Back yeah, of the Nest uh, for tomorrow night. So what time, Pete, did you say? 7.30. Cool, I'd set that up tomorrow. Lovely. Um, that is it, I think, lads. Uh, as we said, if something happens, we'll jump back on. We'll create, create a, spin up a show and we'll be back on. Um, Chris has to go stuff his face, I think. And uh, we, <laughs> So, yeah, we, 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 we'll go. Someone does. Someone, someone's talking about I need, I need to, I need to lie down. I've got some food. I've got food I need to munch right now anyway. So, yeah. Been, been great. Now, right. So, look, at. we'll bring it to a close. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Not just tonight, but uh, as, as we said already. And... Um, we will be back soon. Um, so we'll play out with a how tune. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. How, how, how. how, how. Good night, everyone. Take care. Good night.
Oh, 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 oh.